Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ginger Talks podcast. My name is Ginger Talks. Or gin- my name is not Ginger Talks. My name is Ginger Snaps, but I'm not fucking redoing it. Uh, hello, everybody. That's just going to tell you kind of the chaos that you're in for in this episode. Uh, joining me, as always, is Druid, buddy. It's good to have you back. How are you? Hi, I'm uh, Ginger Talks. And I'm <laughs> Shut up. Fucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well... Uh, I've been scooped up from the side of the road. Uh, apologies to all the listeners for my absence. Maybe you preferred the episode, and if you did, well, tough shit, because here he is, he's back. <laughs> Brit- Britney's back again. I don't think it's the first time I've said Britney's back. Uh, yes, I feel fabulous today. Yes, I feel like Britney Spears in the Toxic video, and there is nothing that any of uh, you fuckers can do about it. <laughs> uh, it- so good to be back. Um did get a uh, serious FOMO while editing the last episode, hearing a uh, long-form conversation without me, uh, both freeing and uh, crisis-inducing. <laughs> oh, so, no. well, you know, what, what's life without a little crisis now and again? I mean, that's fair. Uh, yeah, glad to be back. Glad to be back on the good foot. Uh, the car's working out. Good. Uh, minimal expense. Uh, had a really uh, a lovely roadside pickup from a guy called uh, uh, Craig. Uh, we had to talk for like an awkward amount of time on the road. Oh God! Uh, he asked me about MMA, something I know nothing about. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, th- uh, this is quite common in the UK. People of a certain uh, I'm trying to say this tactfully. People of a certain background, especially like men between the age of like 22 to maybe 42, are obsessed with fucking watching people fight. And and I like the Rocky films as much as the next guy, but I don't know what the fuck you're talking about with this MMA shit. I... So, but you know, do you, you know this like you know this like pressure you get when people uh, they seem like they're into like tough guy stuff. Uh, maybe this is just like my experiences, like uh, a a a male for for lack of a better term. Is that I find myself like trying to pander to the com- the MMA conversation. I have to pretend that I know what they're talking about. So I ended up just talking about the fact that uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter's son was an MMA fighter, and he looked very unimpressed. Uh, and I was worried he wasn't going to fix my like car correctly because I wasn't man enough. Oh. Uh, so, if Craig, if you're listening, and I know you are, uh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> That's not the first time we've said fuck you, Craig, on this podcast, and it won't be the last. Yo, if your name's, uh, if your name's Craig, turn off now. <laughs> we don't want you here. Firstly, because like here it's Craig, over there it's Craig. Uh, pick a side. No. In this part, in this partisan world we live in now, you, <laughs> you're not safe. Oh God. You know. Uh, well, so I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> you, you can tell I'm excited to be back. I've had a week off uh, recording podcast episodes, so now the verbal diarrhea is flowing uh, so readily. So I'm. Yeah, really ready. Glad to be back. Long story short, editing this out. Mm, are you though? No. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have the time for that. <laughs> so, uh, well, we're glad you're back. I mean, honestly, glad you're back. And, um, you know, we're back to kind of regularly scheduled chaotic programming. And this week, our guest, who's been sitting very quiet and patiently, and I love her dearly, uh, is the wonderful Frost Louvre. Frost, I am so happy that this is finally happening. I've wanted this for so long. I know. It's been a long time coming, and I love you more, Ginger. No. I love you 3,000, (laughs) darling. No. No. An infinite loop of that. You can't beat it. Sorry. God damn it. You got (laughs) to deal with it. (laughs) Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, So for the uninitiated, uh, Frost is a fellow Twitch streamer who um, is just a phenomenal human being. And Frost and I actually have a very interesting story on how we got to know each other. <laughs> um, Isn't it always an interesting story how other streamers meet each other it's just, on it's, this platform? It's the goofiest fucking thing. Like, I... Because I didn't know who you were, knew nothing about you, until someone we know mutually had mm-hmm. said something about what all had happened. And if you feel like divulging, that's fine. Um, you don't have to if it's not something you want to talk about. But Oh, no, we can. Please go. Just go ahead and just tell the story. Okay. <laughs> so I am hanging out, talking to streamer friends, uh, former guest of the podcast, Authentic. He... Uh, had posted in his Discord about this streamer who had gotten follow-botted back when the big botting was happening. I think it was July-ish. And Frost got follow-botted, and in the process of removing the bots, all of her followers were gone. All of her Frostlings. Yes, and my entire channel got wiped. And... Oh, yeah. And... Frost was the second person within a month that that happened to that I had heard of or like knew and everything. And so we were just trying to rally to help get her numbers back up and show some solidarity. Cause those of you from my Twitch community, you guys know that I'm like, no, this person had a bad thing happen. We are bombarding them with love until they fucking break. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a great thing about uh, Twitch communities that people hear those stories and have that empathy enough. Even if you don't know that person, good people will come and support you. Yeah. It's it's insane, though, the amount of support that I got from so many people that I've met on the platform who I had either raided or have just met through in games of, you know, Warframe or Dead by Daylight or Phasmophobia. It... It was just an insane amount of love that was shown that I, I there's there's really no words to describe it. To be honest with you, I was just overwhelmed with so much feelings. Yeah, I mean, I know for me, like, I unfortunately, like, right now, I don't have a ton of time to be super active in your channel, but. Whenever you're live, unless my computer is just like, <laughs> fuck you, your stream is open <laughs> in the background. And I'm coming up on my seven, uh, my seven month subscription renewal is waiting and I haven't redeemed it oh, geez. on stream yet because I want to redeem it when, you know, I can devote attention to talking to you a little bit, <laughs> but I was sitting there and, 
you know, one of my community members had said, you know, hey, you know, can we talk about Frost? And I said, absolutely. And I started talking about you. And then you fucking showed up in my chat. And I was like, oh. My ears were ringing that day. I really? Mean, I, don't, I'm, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just sporadically show up. Anytime someone just says the word frost, it's like I, I'm all of a sudden summoned out of nowhere. Well, I, I mean, you do have. I have that effect on people. Yes. Uh, it, but, you know, I mean, watching someone who had 3,000 followers and that happened to, I saw how shitty that was. And I've been follow-botted. I've been doxxed. I've been on that receiving end. And just for that to happen to anybody else made me feel so bad. So I was like, if you guys don't go support her, I swear to God, oh, go show the love, goddammit. And now, you know, it, not that he's super present right now because of school, but one of my mods also mods for you. Yes. And, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I supporting friends is all I want. And that's the, that's, I keep bringing it back to this. Supporting our friends is why this podcast exists. Mm, And to watch phenomenal watching you grow and flourish just makes me so happy. And I'm just like, ah, come on. I just honestly just, No, I'm proud of everyone I've met on here, like you and Toaster. Like, I, I bombard you two a lot of the time. Fucking Toaster like comes in my stream and just, like, dumps subs, and I'm like, hello? Yeah. And then he, like, disappears. I'm like, oh, you sneaky? Okay. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, trust and believe. I've got to be, like, a watchful eye between you two. <laughs> we might be chaos yeah. monsters. It's it's all right. It's fine. It's Okay. I mean, have you have you seen my chat? Have you seen my content? It's pure, utter chaos. I am the boner hunter of Dead by Daylight. I love it. So, <laughs> Frost and I are, uh, it out of context, it just sounds so weird, but Frost and I are planning on building boners together, and boners are the totems in Dead by Daylight, because we both... Are, yes, th- we're building those hex totems, so yes. yes, anytime you hear us say anything referencing a boner in-game, or in Phasma for that matter, it's right. literally referencing the totem or just mm. bone parts that we're finding. Yeah. Can, can I, just I always say, have to do that. <laughs> can I just say, as a layman, uh, all the talk we've had about boners before the recording started is making way more sense. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, like before, I, I thought, like you'd you'd like bought like a bionic man, like on Amazon Prime or something. I'm like so glad. <laughs> I, I was thinking this podcast, I was going to have to like be talking about how to like mold play doh or something. Um, <laughs> th- <sighs> We're nah. going to give you guys like a full on step by step tutorial on how to take down these boners. You know, yeah, Just... it's it's going to be it's 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 going to be okay. Uh, me and Ginger are going to be building these these boners on streams. So yes. it's going to be really fun once we get all the pieces and parts for it. It's the pieces and parts thing because, like, my life has been absolute chaos since we were just like, yes, let's do it. And your life has been chaos. And it has. <laughs> it's just because in the last. Moving, starting a new job, just and then juggling multiple things. I just yeah did uh, a TV show and a movie within these past few weeks so i've just been uh 
running on fumes. Yes. And so uh, I'm I'm excited to see how things are going for you. I I know the. <laughs> I just want <laughs> to stop for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, all we want, right? Drew tells me that I work too much, and I feel like he would tell you the same thing. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a funny thing because, like, his it's something we constantly like touch on in the podcast is like I don't think uh, people that don't do it, people that don't stream, and people that aren't content creators, they don't realize how much work. Like, if you think like how long a stream is, it's like hours long. Mm-hmm. And, but then there's hours outside of that, like building, like all the things that you need to make that, like the hours of streaming happen, all the time you need to dedicate uh, to, you know, regular regular streams, uh, making sure all the equipment's like up to scratch. How much like of yourself you've got to give to that community to make that shit work? It, you've got to be like a master of everything you've got to be like an audio engineer you've got to be like an expert on video you've got to have of like the right hardware to uh, make all these like uh, like really like intricate games work uh, in real time for everyone in a way where it doesn't break up which is why I, you know I was really feeling for you uh, hearing that you lost so much like all that work that it takes to bring you to a point where you've got 3000 followers like that must have been a bit of pill, man. That must have been r- really hard to like come to terms with. Like, oh shit, I <laughs> it's gone. But then having that there, where people allowed you a space to bounce back, just shows why it's worth spending that time, right? Uh, cultivating that community and that kind of spirit in your stream. I think so. I mean, Frost, uh, so Frost didn't have quite as many followers when she lost them all. But um, she, Frost's setup is more intricate than mine. And mine is an absolute dumpster fire some days. (laughs) Like, I fully know Mm. that. But, and Frost is also a very, very, very good editor like i (laughs) oh stop it no because i'm editing for my day job i'm editing video right now that has about 15 to 20 more elements than a typical youtube video for me does Mm -hmm. and it's like uh, she my boss likes she wants she wants it like mr beast quality with uh bare bones components and i'm just like Fuck everything. But, like, just all of the shit that goes into that and watching your, like, monthly stream highlights and I can't even fathom editing for, like, TikTok and Instagram on top of YouTube. Like, all those things. Fuck that. (laughs) I'm good. Like, nah, fam. I'm gonna let you young pretty people do it. I mean, being a content creator is hard. It's not easy. You know, the word is holistic. It's just, you you know, especially (laughs) now, you've just got to be fucking everywhere at once. Yep. 
Yeah. You know, uh, that's draining. I can't even like keep up with this. <laughs> and it's such it's you know i uh, all right get great uh, so i edit audio on a computer that may as well be a toaster right but you know it's a completely different level when you're editing for all these different platforms you've got to cut you know it it's so much more than just the the moment where you're creating the work it's all that stuff around it it's just like it blows my mind you know when we have people we have so many people that work hard on the podcast uh, that it, it, yeah, it makes me feel guilty that I'm sat here uh, trying to basically just trying to make sure that the podcast hasn't got 13 fart jokes in it. It just has uh, <laughs> like nine. Right. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Uh, and then I act like it's a hard time of it. But like, you know, it sounds like, you know, you've got, you know, you, you're trying to cover all the bases for us. So how how do you, like, balance that? Like, how much time you spend on each platform and growing each platform? Or is it just you're thinking of growing, like, the whole kind of personality of yourself as a whole? Is, is, is there, like, a is there like a battle or a struggle in that? Or have you got it mapped out? Oh, I definitely don't have it mapped out. It's always chaos. Um <laughs> <laughs> I try and produce as much as I can on Twitch and then I take highlights or blooper reels, gag reels and put those on YouTube and I try and keep up with try try being the keyword of uh, with real like things that are trending and things like that. So um I don't know if Ginger's seen any stuff on my Instagram lately. I've been doing a lot of uh cosplay transition stuff on there. Um oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've done, like, my creepy clown stuff. I've done Chucky. I've done Freddy. Mm -hmm. More of that stuff's coming up because uh, Spooktober is going to be insane this year. I'm super excited for Halloween already, and oh, we're only yeah. in April. Hell so, yeah. So <laughs> it's Halloween all year round for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're sub 200 days to Halloween, and I'm fucking stoked. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm already getting everything planned out for that. But, yeah, back to content. It's It's a... There's days where I, I have it all balanced and scheduled and figured out, and then there's months where I am so frazzled that I'm trying to cram everything out within like the last week before everything needs to be on on the channel or right. the platform at the time. So right now, Twi Twitch is very scheduled. You know, I'm on Tuesday, Fridays, and Saturdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's that's a locked in set thing for me. So I keep that one pretty consistent. YouTube, YouTube, and Instagram is kind of it fluctuates just depending with my full-time job because I edit for my full-time job. I'm a digital content producer. So mm. once I get home, it's like I work out and then I just want to like game or sleep or just hang out with people. Right. So. Yeah. And then you edit, you're like editing at work and then going home and like, fuck, I've got to make a TikTok now out of my yeah, content. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like but more it's like work, the, it's, right? it's more work, but when I have those like really great moments on stream or just something like just offset and someone else is like, Oh, that that's perfect. That's something I can go up there. It's just a matter of just, you know, fitting it into TikTok format and just adding text on top of it or some silly goofy sound effects just to make it appealing. Cause that's just the name of the game is that you right. have to make things. It's gotta be almost like clickbait. Right. And mm. that's like, I do very, very fucking minimal editing on my YouTube videos. And I don't very rarely do I have a game that's on my YouTube that I've also played on Twitch. So I, 
I talked about this on stream recently that I always pick hard mode for everything. <laughs> like, Why would you do that? I I chose to be a variety streamer, which is hard mode for getting uh like <laughs> for for gaining traction on Twitch. Every game I play, like if I play a game that involves a gun, I find a gun that I like early on and that gun stays with me through the end. It doesn't matter if something better comes up unless it's significantly better. I'm like, nah, fam, I'm going to keep this fucking pea shooter because this pea shooter still mows down the big guys. It just is a little bit more challenging. And then I get to the big boss and I switch out to the good guns and I'm like, that was fucking easy. Like, (laughs) absolutely. I do that every time about three quarters into the game. I realize that I've been uh, you know, playing it like I've got no hands right. for starters. <laughs> yeah, I may as well have been playing with my feet. Uh, and you get that upgrade that changes everything, and you you don't access it until you're like on the final hour of yeah. the game. Yeah, that's my default setting because uh, I'm not very good at menu management, right? <laughs> on, on, on games because you know because it just seems a bit like fucking what the simpsons tapped out to me at first but like really you need to be getting into that shit so uh. i got druid to play dead by daylight with us and it's oh always my. when druid is the most like inebriated it's like fucking four in the morning and he's just like all right, yep, fuck it. Nope, we're fine. And he plays Bill Perkless and just like it's he's gotten a lot better and then he just ha- we haven't played together for so long because he's had so many things going on in real life, which is absolutely fine. Mm. But the day he picks Dead by Daylight back up, oh, it's because it's all well because you say I'm inebriated, but it, I've got I have to be at that point before I agree to it because right. I know it's in back. Because all you guys just seem like absolute, and I know it's not the case, but all you guys seem like you should be like MLG in that shit to me because it's just like <laughs> fucking on it all the time. Uh, you know, I, I see Michael Myers come out at the screen and like I start like fucking ah ah look i don't know what to do and this is after this is after like 35 minutes of like running in a circle outside the building but you know who the best person to play prop hunt with if you pick up call of duty to play prop hunt it's this motherfucker right here because he'll find the the perfect spot or he'll just be like hovering in the air above where nobody's gonna fucking look and he's just locked into position not fucking moving and it's like listen here motherfucker (laughs) how are you so goddamn good at this (laughs) you know uh my therapist would say it's because i hide my true feelings in everyday life (laughs) so in many ways my psyche is a rogue prop that even (laughs) i can't find I mean... So, yeah, so, like, when I'm having a mental health crisis, all I hear is... You know that sound, the whistle? Oh, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the taunt. I can't find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that joke really landed. <laughs> well, it's because Discord <laughs> cut your first your first whistle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can't... Yeah, so, I'm so good at hiding things that you couldn't even find the first whistle. <laughs> 
but the thing, like, we talk, we refer to this a fair bit. I mean, you've done music for so long, Druid. I wonder how much of that feels similar to making your own music, like, 100% you start the process of writing to putting out a, the finished project all 100% by yourself. No one, like, you're playing every single instrument you're doing. Like, that's kind of the comparison of everything content creation to, like, the the music world. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh... To be fair, that whole like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a solo artist. That, that you know, that's kind of new. But uh, yeah, it does take time because like you're essentially being like five people at once, right? Mm. So you've got to think of. But you know, again, like I can do that on my own terms, and 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 with music, it's kind of diff- different. Because you release stuff as you release stuff, right? And you release it when it's ready. And I'm not saying that you don't... You put stuff out there as a streamer or, or a content creator that's not ready. I do. But what I'm saying... <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> I, I would disagree. I would disagree. But uh, what I'm saying, it, how, it, how it differs when, when, when streaming is at the centre of your content creation universe. Let's say the Frost and Ginger... Uh, cinematic universes um when streaming is at the center it, it's so schedule based and it has to run like clockwork and if it doesn't run like clockwork then you you know you're at risk of losing people you know to other streams to disinterest and things like that uh, I, I, I think kind of streaming and content creation in that way uh, there's an added level of pressure to always be present and your your kind of presence has to exceed just the stream. It, it, there's like a personal, and you make friends when you stream and you create a community, but then, you know, you put in so much time into things outside of the stream to keep that community going. And I'm not saying it's work, but it, it it's, it, it's creating like your own fucking empire, man. Whereas music, I make the song, I put it out there and, you know, I try to leave it like not too long, maybe a couple of months before the next thing's out when I'm really working on a, like a project. But it's not like I'm expecting to go in three times a week and 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 interact with people, and then outside of that three times a week, keep that momentum going. Whether it's YouTube, whether it's uh, TikTok, whether it's Instagram, and a Discord community, and all the rest of it, like it really has the ability to like kind of take over everything you're doing. And I think that there's one side of it where that can be exciting and energize you to keep doing it. But then there's also this other side where it can swallow you and take over everything you're doing. So I think it's much harder to balance that. And uh, Frost uh, and Ginger, of course, uh, and everyone that streams listening, a lot of streamers listen, a lot of streamers go uh, come on the show, and I've said it time and time again, I have the utmost uh, respect and admiration for that discipline that you all show in that way. Uh, really quite something, and it takes a lot, but you give a lot out. Uh, yeah, really appreciate it. 
I mean, I don't know if it's the same for Frost uh, as it is for me, but I I create content not not just for others, but I do it for myself. Like mm. it it makes me feel good be like it makes me feel good to make people, you know, laugh and joke and have a good time or if we need to have a you know, a serious like come to Jesus with chat talk, like I mean, I'll I'll have those moments like I mean that the day that I got the call that my dad was in the hospital as I was hitting the go live button. I had the talk I needed to with Chad to be like, hey kids, I'm having a bad fucking day, but we're gonna date some dads. Let's fucking go. Like mm-hmm. I mean I mean it, isn't that isn't that just a goal to date a dad? I mean <laughs> But I mean for me it's it's worth what I what I put in, what I get out of it is is huge and like i know i kind of did the thing to frost where it's like hi you're an inspiration you're someone i look up to maybe not in those exact words but that's what i did to her and she's just like uh what (laughs) what? (laughs) it's in the it's in those exact words now it is now hi frost you you made a fucking damn goddamn good comeback and i'm proud of you and you're wonderful and I just, you know, can't wait to give you a big old fucking hug. Oh, my gosh. I have the biggest smile right now. I swear, Ginger. <laughs> if I could hug you right now, I would. But, no, I have to agree with Ginger. Like, I started streaming when we were in lockdown that first year of the pandemic. So, October of 2020 was when I first started. And I primarily started streaming for myself because I was going through a depression at that point because there was no interaction. And all my gaming friends are like... Well, you should just try streaming. I'm like, where the fuck do I start with that? Right. I was like, I don't even know if I want to show my face. I was like, I am such a quiet person, IRL, that I don't even know if I can, like, portray. So, started streaming, and I started meeting all these great people. And those people who are now, like, part of my community, or even if they're just people who just come in and lurk, like, I stream for them. Like, granted, yes, I still stream for myself, but for more of anything, it's for the people that I'm reaching and that I'm able to befriend. And I've had some people who were in really dark places that have vented to us in chat. And, um, you know, there was, there was one who sadly was having thoughts of suicide and we all just like literally like stopped our game. We were just like, okay, we got to have this talk. Like DM me now. Like we need to talk if I, and like, you know, here's this. Here's the numbers that I have for suicide prevention and things like that. If you need someone else to talk to, because I am not a professional. However, these are the lines that I know that can help you. So, and seeing them bounce back and then being in a better place now in their life is, it warms my heart and that makes me continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just a phenomenal feeling that, as crazy as it is, you know, when Ginger was, you know, saying like, I was, inspirational i'm just like i'm like how because it's hard to see yourself as like that you know but it's like you have all these people that come back because of like you make them feel better and it's like it's almost like you're like their light for the day or something so and that's how it is for like when i'm watching ginger or flu for viper or jg it's like all these people who 
I am always known to support. I have like 30 tabs open every other day. I have a stream going on on my Xbox. I have my computer going all at the same time. My internet probably hates me for it. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's going to have to deal with it. <laughs> it's like so many people that you have to support because they've supported you. And it's just, right. I just... There's there's no other better feeling than that, and I just I truly love what I'm doing, and I would absolutely love to make this something as like a full time thing, because mm-hmm. if I can just be goofy and I mean I've started making p- people flip out over the fact that I've added the Cantina song to my stream, right? And I kid you not, I've had to dance to that. Every single time with lightsabers, mind you. (laughs) And chat spammed it so hard the other night. Six or eight times back to back, I had to do this cantina dance. And they they were just having a fucking field day with it. I'm like, okay, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) I am not ashamed. I am a Star Wars fan. Everyone can just suck it if you don't like it. I have to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's why this is the episode with the highest metachlorian count. Well, and that's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, my chat trolls me. Your chat definitely trolls you. Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, it's it's the nature of, of some of this. And I have been using this quote a a lot recently. There's been some events in my life that have... uh, prompted this but a man's reach should exceed his grasp and as like as streamers as public figures as influencers we forget our reach and we forget how we touch and affect people's lives like it's 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 a it's such a weird fucking thing. Like my boss was over here working. We were working in my apartment today, getting ready to go to this convention in California next week, and we have the potential. There's twenty five hundred attendees that work with school age kids. What we do, like, I think. Her overhearing me say that today, like, made her brain just fucking start kicking into high gear because she doesn't realize that her reach exceeds her grasp. She she lives her life so much in just this little bubble of what's around her. And it's like, nah, bitch, we've got programs in 150 schools teaching kids valuable fucking things about life through magic. Like, it's the same thing with with streaming, just in a different way. Like, uh, what we do, because we do it for ourselves, and then we forget that, like, we have positively impacted other folks. And it's it's such a weird, like, my stomach always gets a little, like, when I, when I think about it, but it's fucking true. And I know for me, that's the, the, would I love this to be my full-time job? And 
me not have a day job and me not have to deal with other people. And uh, absolutely. However, right now that's not the case. And I'm okay with that. The money is not what keeps me doing it. Oh, exactly. For me, it's it's the people that I have just been there, you know, who have been there for me and I've been there for them. Like, it's the people for me that I wanted to keep doing this. Yeah. Well, and there's there's also the thing of, like, if you... You've kind. It's like a mixture of hard work and luck, I think. Mm-hmm. And and but, you know, you can see those people a mile away that are doing it for the wrong reasons. And I think as soon as you change that mindset of it's not for the community or it's not because I want to put something out there and it's like I want to make a bunch of money, you know, that shit stinks. Like you can smell that a mile off. You can, you know, it's why so many people. Uh, like content creators that begin to make money and begin to love making money. That's why their content drops off. I think because like, I don't need a detailed plan of how everyone's manscaping now. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, not that, uh, and please manscaped if you want to get in touch uh, the business email, not easy to find, but you could, uh, it's on the website. Oh, it's on the website. Yeah. Just, just find it there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll pretend I'll use the weird whacker, just like fucking H3, H3 does or whatever. I will sell out uh, <laughs> right now. But uh, um, no, uh, you know this happened to me in music, right? Uh, I, I think there was a there was a time where I could have took off and done some interesting things, and then maybe the the machinations uh, in place where where you kind of have to sell your soul to rock and roll, man. Uh, can come at a cost of what you're creating. And if what you're creating is coming at a cost and hoping to make it and you're forgetting the people that brought you there, the 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 spirit of the thing, uh, when you lose that, you lose the value in what you're doing, uh, which is why it's just great to hear two creators talking about how, you know, how they touch people, how they can make a difference, how they can do things for themselves. You know, it's, it, you know, it's refreshing to hear especially in the age of the uh you know the bitch slap that, that like button right and then you, t- you tell people to bitch slap that like button and then read a wikipedia article about a dead celebrity poorly <laughs> yeah it's well and like the day that i get recognized in public by someone who has found me from like the podcast or stream or from YouTube. And it's like, ah, yes, I live in a rural ish area. Hello, Mm. random person who knows who the fuck (laughs) I am. And I have no idea who the hell you are. Like what? What? Hello? (laughs) Like seeing, I saw Mm. someone that I know, one of my mods wearing a piece of my merch she came over to my house to help me uh, get settled after moving in here. And she wore the merch that she bought. And I was just like, holy fuck, that's someone wearing a piece of clothing that is part of my brand. Like, what? Huh? Like, it's such a weird fucking feeling. I don't know if you've ever encountered someone who's who recognize you recognizes you from stream who you don't know Frost, but it's a like not yet. You will soon enough. 
I'm sure. Oh, um, I it, am looking forward to TwitchCon because I know people are going to come and be like, hey, this is like, oh, God, uh, g- give me a username. I, d- right. I see a face. I need, I need a username. <laughs> right. I've been on, like, been on one date since I started streaming. We've also been through a pandemic where I fucking refused to meet a rando at his house Mm -hmm. and show up with a negative COVID test. Sorry, bro. Not happening. Uh, Thanks. But I've been on one date. But dating, when you're a fucking content creator, is so difficult when you're trying to juggle all the different platforms and all the different things and taking time for stream and then taking time for self care and like supporting your friends. And I'm like, bruh, I'm not taking time to date for nothing. Like I don't, I don't, I can force and shoehorn time in there for dates, but it's like, Hey, so, uh, we're catching an early dinner. We're not going to a movie because I have to go home and play a video game where I'm shooting aliens. Uh, peace out. And he's just like, okay, sure. Uh, you want to catch a movie Friday? Sorry. I'm playing a different video game where I'm being chased by a serial killer. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, And and then, and then Brad says like, cool. I follow college ball. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, I can't even fathom. Like, I, I've jokingly said this, but I think it's true. If I'm going to date anybody, I need to date someone who understands the content creator life. Yeah. yeah that's really hard to come by. Well, right. You know, it's, it's like the Hollywood thing, right? Because they're so embroiled in, like, going away and taking roles for three months that they the actors just end up dating each other. Right. But then you've got, but they're all in exactly. LA. They're all in LA. They're all in Hollywood. They can fucking meet up in in between shoots. But with streamers, it's like, well, I'm kind of friendly with this guy from California, but I live in like fucking Michigan. Like, what am I gonna do? Right. Like, I, I can't even imagine because you also. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you also model for us, right? I used to, yes. Okay. Uh, last I remembered seeing a, a a profile you had written about yourself, you had also labeled yourself as a model, which fucking more power to you. Uh, not me. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but come on now. No, I haven't been a model since right before the pandemic, so. Okay. Yeah, it's been two years. Yeah. Mm. It's just yeah, it... all yeah, all my modeling dreams went during the pandemic with all that door dust shit going on. Oh fuck, man. Let me tell you, man, pizza was my best friend during the pandemic. <laughs> you you eat fairly healthy though, and you work out, at least what, what we see on stream. I... Yeah, when everyone makes me do like twenty five squats. I, the most I've done on stream squat wise is like two hundred and fifty. And see, that's why I don't put workout or food challenges on on my stream. Like, being boozled, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, ooh, yeah, I do that every night. Yeah. Being boozled <laughs> every stream. Yeah. And Spicy Nuts now. JG has inspired me to do Spicy Nuts now, so. Oh, my gosh. It, like, but people who are just like, ah, yes, let me do a, a durian fruit 
soda pop or I'll drink this bacon pop or I'll eat a raw onion like an apple. I'm like, nah, fam. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm fucking good. Like, I already get people trying to, like, body shave me enough. I ain't adding to it. But, like, nah, fam. I'll do something else. Like, meme the shit out of me some other way. There's plenty of ways to do it. Mm. But, it, like, and I don't do workouts on stream. Because it's the one thing I'm still a little self-conscious about. Because I I was a gym rat for a few years. <laughs> I, I, contrary to popular belief, I used to be a gym rat. So my like, one of my community members has lost like 60 or 80 pounds since Christmas. And Ooh. she officially weighs less than I do. I carry my weight differently than she does. But, like, she'd call me, and she's just sitting there with her little fucking bike pedals that sit on the floor, and she's just fucking pedaling. She's like, yeah, I'm, like, 15 minutes into my hour, and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, (laughs) but she's devoted to being healthier. Like, she's just like, no, I'm tired of being unhealthy. Like, that's not my thing. And I was like, hey, I know we haven't, like, the last time we worked out together... I was doing things that you were just like, what, how, I don't understand. If you want me to teach you how to do those and maybe uh, keep me accountable to actually going to the gym, uh, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I haven't been to the gym and she's still losing weight. So. (laughs) Right, right. I'm a bit of a gym rat in that I hang out by the garbage cans outside the gym and eat all the fucking leftover fucking food, man. I just had the mental image of you of, uh, what the fuck was that meme of that rat with the pizza rat? The fucking, the rat dragging the slice of pizza through the fucking New York subway. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Sorry, I just had that image and I cannot. You know, that's such good energy. (laughs) You know, if you're gonna do it, do it with a fucking pizza slice, man. New York style. The best slice in Brooklyn. Oh, I, I, uh, fuck working out, man. Like, you know, I tried it once. Uh, I, I used to run, and then my therapist told me to stop running away from my problems. And one of my problems was I felt uh, tired every time I would go out running. <laughs> so I stopped that. Um. Working out so hard. I like I, real gym rats. Are like they weigh their food and they eat that boiled chicken every day. And I just couldn't do that, man, because I love curry. Mm. But I'm the worst kind of unhealthy because, like, I'm not like I'm super unhealthy. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm like it. It doesn't like go on me in that way. Uh, it just makes me tired. It doesn't like come out in weight. It just uh, makes me tired when I go up like long flights of stairs. Mm. So like I'm damaging my body and just think it's fine, but deep down I know it's not, and I'm just sit there in like the throes of guilt, just wishing I could do some cardio that wasn't uh... I don't know, just getting out of bed and getting back down. That's not too. And shame on the people that made uh, Frost do 250 squats. <laughs> right. I've seen what was it you and and Viper doing Mm -hmm. squats in tandem 
or like seeing yes. who could do the most squats at this like it within a, a certain amount of time. I can't remember what the whole what. Oh, the- that was so the certain amount of time one uh, that was Viper and I believe JG, but me and Viper did them in tandem together. Um, when uh when they chat both our chats were redeeming at the same yeah. time, so we decided we were gonna just do each other's squats together. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember, I remember watching that, and I was just like, "Oh, okay," but like, because here's the thing: I don't eat very unhealthily. Um, I did when I went to visit the family in February. Uh, I don't remember if I've told this on the podcast or not, but my mom, she cooks Kentucky Southern style, where. If she's making a German potato salad, she's frying the bacon in bacon grease and adding the bacon grease that she added to the bacon and the bacon grease into the mix for the German potato salad on top of the potatoes that were mashed with bacon grease or like cut up and like seasoned with bacon grease and everything else that went in it had a scoop of bacon grease in it and the meat was cooked in three scoops of bacon. Like you can get where I'm going with it. Yeah. Uh, you've just doxed, you've just doxed your mom as being Harley Morenstein. <laughs> like it's that fucking down home stick to your ribs. I put on weight the 10 days that I was back home. I, I put on probably 15 pounds and I wasn't eating. I was eating less than I do when I'm here at home. Like I eat very lean. I eat very healthy. I use a lot of seasonings and, and I don't have, you know, cause fat is where the flavor is. I don't have a lot of that like in my food. So I season like a son of a bitch, but I'm like, I, I eat very, very lean. And so like my roommate and I will go out and get something. And she goes, you're not hungry? And I was like, just because I'm fat don't mean, <laughs> don't mean I'm not full. Like, it's, it's, it's such a fucking weird, weird thing. And my, every doctor I've been to, they're like, you, besides just being heavier, your heart is fucking strong, super healthy. Like you, your blood pressure is perfect. You're not pre-diabetic. Yeah. Your knees and your hips are upset, you know, that they're in a lot of pain, but that's, I played contact sports for years. Uh, Like it's just something that kind of happens when you turn fucking 30 and you weigh as much as I do, but you also, you know, played football and basketball and you were sousaphone play, like all those kinds of things just fucking added up. But then you compare it to like guys from the stand-up scene that I know who are fucking smoking two packs a day and drinking a case of beer every night and smoking a bunch of weed and just yeah. slamming pizza and stuff. <laughs> they're real thin, but they're like, yeah, my blood pressure is real high. And I'm like, well, no fucking shit, jackass. <laughs> yeah, fucking so- those solid gold arteries. Oh, my God. Like... But I don't, I don't like to, I don't like the thought of working out on stream because I'm not always wearing clothes that I'm super comfortably being like, hi, you're seeing all of, you know, you're seeing my, my legs, you're seeing 
all of it. I'm just like, oh, fuck, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, what, what's his name again? The workout guy. Uh, you're, you're also playing video games, man. You're not... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what, Richard Simmons. Oh, my God. I'm not that gay. I'm gay. I'm not that gay. <laughs> I, I like to think of like the Bob Ross of the body. Right, right. It, it's just, and this is not me dogging on anybody. Like social, one of my uh, one of my buddies, social lit man. He he has workout redeems. Frost has workout redeems. Viper has them. Does uh, uh, does JG still have them on? I haven't been to a stream in forever. I mean, JD does tea bags, so technically he's doing tea bagging squats, okay. basically. But he rolls the dice and sees how many he actually does, so it can vary. Okay, so I mean, like, I've got nothing against it, but like, I'm, I'm a, you know, the, that's just, I don't know. I'm such a, I feel like I'm such a contrarian sometimes, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, though, I love that teabagging regime. That's like uh, the Master Chief 2003 workout plan. <laughs> you know, the teabags. Uh, yeah, seriously. Wow. Isn't it amazing how teabagging like, uh, made its way into the social consciousness through, through gaming and uh, sh- uh, fucking Stifler? Right. Let's, Frost, have you played Midnight Ghost Hunt? No, I have not. I've seen the gameplay for it. Have yet to play it. Okay, so I, it likes to uh, melt my graphics card, which makes me real sad. Um, See, that's not a that's what that's what I've been hearing, and I'm afraid to even just start playing it. But it, I enjoyed it. Like, don't don't get me wrong, Midnight Ghost Hunt. You are the combination of kind of everything that I want in a in a game like that. A- absolutely. And the execution is done really well, but like the frames drop in my streaming software. They don't drop in the game themselves, which is really, which is the really sad part, but it was so fun, but it was one of the first times I had been in a public lobby in a very long time. And I don't count dead by daylight because Sometimes the the crouch mechanic is used as a thank you. Sometimes it's used as a fuck you. Sometimes it's just like, yes, do the thing. Uh, well, just like uh-huh. ju- sometimes real teabagging is used as a thank you. Right, 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 right. Well, <laughs> yeah, basically, if we're, if we're healing each other, stuff like that, like you'll have like a tea, like it's like it's like a courtesy thing almost. Right. Like, oh, thanks, because I'll I'll do like a one teabag as like a yeah. yes, two for no, or a couple for a thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it was like. I was about to literally drop dead. So, but yeah, the DB, the DBD curtsy. Yes, it, the DBD curtsy. But in Midnight Ghost Hunt, I was sitting there and I watched so, uh, a hunter get teabagged after the ghost had killed him, and I was like, "Wait, we're actually maliciously teabagging? Wait, what? What? Like, it's one thing to be like, huh." 
my friend got down. Fuck you, teabag. Like it's it's one thing to like fuck with your friends, but randos in a public lobby. It had been so long since I had seen that. Even in my Call of Duty days, when I was playing Call of Duty heavily, there wasn't even a whole lot of that happening either. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's uh, how very Xbox three sixty. Right. I'm gonna teabang you. I mean, who's this like fucking Randall from Recess? I'm gonna teabang you. Who is this fucking guy? Who's the guy in the lobby, man? Right, like... You know what I mean? Uh, Rocket League is really bad for it. Uh, it's like taking a total blast from the past, and you're like, guys, I thought we were past this. Yeah. Like, and it, the, the dude who was teabagging, I looked later, he had been, like, playing Midnight Ghost Hunt in the very early days, and it's just like, okay, cool. You're you're sandbagging a noob. Cool. Like, whatever. And I just moved on because I've played enough Dead by Daylight that I'm just like, ah, you cuck. All right. Next match. GG's well played. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, but it was just one of those weird things that I saw. And like, I don't know, because I've never touched Warframe. And I know you play Warframe at least once a week. Is that a... Yes. Is that a, like a private like pvp lobby what the fuck is warframe i don't know and i feel like a bad person warframe it's 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 public lobbies the only thing with warframe is that it's not cross play yet which they're in the works of doing that so it should be hopefully an option by uh mid to end summer where we can actually cross play with other platforms oh sick but it's all exclusive to each platform but you can do open lobbies um with randoms or you can just close it off to yourself okay which means you go into missions without anyone so if you want it by yourself to where you can take the time to loot or find uh, Kubro eggs, things like that, uh, you have the time to do that. But uh, I'll either run solo or I'll run with uh, people from my clan. Mm-hmm. But I, hard, I hardly ever run with uh, with randoms anymore because I'm honestly waiting for the crossplay to come out because there's so many people that I know that play on PC that I can't play with. Right. So. Well, that was because... It, it, I thought that was the kind of game that it was, but I wasn't sure. Um, no, yeah, yeah. You can have up to four people in a group, so. Okay. Because you play a lot of group games. I don't think I've ever seen you play a single-player game on stream. It's been, it's been a while since I've done a single-player stream. Last thing I did that was a single-player was Little Nightmares, and that's been a while. Oh, and I haven't yeah. done solo queues in, in quite some time. However, I am about to start the Dark Patreon anthologies, so. <gasps> I, so I loved Until Dawn. I absolutely loved that game, and um, I can't wait to get my hands on a PlayStation 4 to play it again and play it on stream. Um, but the same devs made Dark Picture Anthology, and I want to dip into that series so bad. And that does have a, that has a multiplayer component too. It, yeah, you can, it's a co-op thing. So if you want to do it, just let I me mean, know. Because I have all the chapters. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean. I mean. I think we should. I, yeah. Ginger, I mean, the people, the people would the, love that. I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down. It's. there's games like that that I want to play, but like, I don't know if you have the same, like, "Eh, I'm nervous to ask this person the thing because I don't want to impose on what they might have planned 
But like, I do the exact same thing. I don't like asking people because I'm just like, ah, they have their own thing. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So I, because like, like I want to. I... Go ahead. Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> it, no, no, no. Go, go, go. You're excited. Go, go, go. Say it. Because there's a game that I want to play called A Way Out, and it is from the same devs who did uh, It Takes Two. Mm-hmm. And it's a story about two dudes. I can't remember if they break out of jail or they get out of jail, and it's right. them like they take... break out of jail. That's that's what uh, I thought. I played the first like maybe three hours. Uh, do it. I I want to play, it, but I want to play it with somebody else because I don't want to play with the bot. Let's do it together. I we'll have to see if we can cross play it. Because if we can't, like I would be fucking down for that because I. The story from what I've seen of it is so fucking good. But, like, I do story-based games on Monday nights. And, like, Toast and I have something in the works that we're we're getting ready to do together. A, a game we're going to play. And I'm playing through Borderlands 1. So, to get him kind of refreshed on the Borderlands series, we started co-oping Borderlands 1. But when he went to bed, I was finishing my playthrough of one because I want to play through the entire fucking series because it's a story driven game. There's a story in there, but I get to shoot guns and that makes me happy. Spoken like a true fucking American. Oh, my God. But (laughs) like saying nothing. Right. Shut up. (laughs) But it's like the. Because even Toast does it to me. Like, because last Monday he was just like, hey, so what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And he goes, well, you know, I was thinking about doing this, this, and this, but I don't know what game I want to play. And I was like, I'm playing Borderlands. And he goes, okay. And I said, do you want to do a playthrough of Borderlands 1 together until, and either we, we cut it when we move to our next thing, like just keep playing it until we get to a point where we're ready to move to the next game. And he goes, uh, I could be persuaded. What platform do you have it on? And I'm like, if you wanted to play, just just ask. Fuck it. <laughs> Every content creator is just like too nervous to ask their friends sometimes. And it's just like, nah, fam. Like, slide into my DMs with that game suggestion. Like, let's fucking go. So I would love to play uh, Dark Pictures Anthology with you. Yes. You know, uh, such a such a roundabout conversation for such a wholesome outcome. <laughs> like, yo, my like my heart is like leaking treacle. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. That is like I would love to. <laughs> it's like it's like like you just got engaged. I feel like we need to like have a bit of a bash. I. I feel like Frost and I are very similar on so many things in so many ways. So it's just like, I have been very word vomity the last like couple of days. And it's just like everything going on. Like I'm very nervous for this trip to California. I've never been to California. So like I'm nervous, like it's for work, but I also am meeting people from Twitch like they're they're driving from mm. LA to Palm Springs where I'm going to be and like it's just like oh well I I'm 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 nervous so then it's just like hey person I enjoy your content uh, you want to you want to you want a game together 
Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, because it's like that awkward, let's take it to the next step, right? Yeah. And you're like, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, you could, I, I could be married to someone for 20 years and then still be going like, hey, do you like, like, like me or what? <laughs> like, I've got that thing going on. Like, you just, I, I, like, I just assume that when I leave the room or the conversation, I just disappear from everyone's minds. So then that ner- that energy goes into like, oh, well, I want to play a game with you. We've never played before, but I'm like, I know we've spoken online for like 50 million hours, but <laughs> are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure that you want to co-op? Are you sure you want to do a top-down RPG with me? Uh... Are you ready to Diablo three with me? I don't know. Do you even like me? Like I've got, I've got that anxiety in spades. Which is why I'm very drunk every time I play Dead by Daylight because I just assume no, nobody wants to play with me. I'm like that kid in the corner that sits on like the friend bench, uh, hoping that you know someone can like sit down and uh, just give me a few comforting words. Maybe it'll be the captain of the baseball team. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> Sorry, I just went uh um ignore that. Um <laughs> you should totally play that game together. <laughs> well, let's cuz you uh, Frost is a, a a horror fan. Uh as we yes. we've touched mm. on. Uh, I guess what's your favorite horror franchise? Nightmare on Elm Street, hands down. Anything by Wes Craven, honestly, is many of my favorites. But Nightmare on Elm Street is the very first franchise that introduced me to horror when I was six years old. So, and I'm a huge fan of Robert England. I've met him before, luckily. So nice. I'm very happy. Hell yeah. The only Freddy. The only Freddy that matters. Yes. Can't remember that other guy's name. He was in Watchmen. Uh, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, he didn't he didn't do a bad job. Uh, just the overall concept of the story, it was just not executed. Right. Yeah. From yeah, like a yeah. from like a horror like a like a deeply in in threshold like horror fan, I, it just wasn't done well. Yeah, I uh, think horror has a bit of cr- uh, like a crisis of like identity now, uh, and when you try and remake those slasher for. Like those slasher flicks, it, it's a very difficult. It's so eighties that when it's done now, and they try to uh, give it all of the gravity of like an Oscar-winning drama, it does not work. Uh, let's see, uh, Rob Zombie's re- like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, origin story found that very difficult. Um, I wasn't a fan of Rob Zombie's Halloween remakes. No. No, no. Uh oh no, that's what I meant. Yeah, when he when when he he shows like Mike Myers well, not the actor. Um yeah baby. Uh he shows Michael Myers' like origin stories and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's yeah. just like I mean I appreciate him going off. through through a darker sense of it, but it just with the ghost of his mom and all that stuff that just made absolutely no sense. Like this guy is just—he's just a fucking cold-hearted killer. Has no there's mm. right. It, he's well, that, just an evil entity in and of itself. Like 
Right. That shouldn't be the key of driving him as his mother's spirit haunting him. Well, I think what they forget is that the backbone of those original movies, those kind of classic horror movies, is a sense of fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, first and foremost, they kind of have a sadistic fun, like, running through uh, their kind of nervous systems, and then they remake them in a way that tries to be it's something else, and it 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 feels like an off like a reproduction that's like slightly wrong yeah. i think is what i'd say but yeah nightmare on elm yeah. street great uh great movie did you uh, see the new scream movie i did yes what did you think of it cuz i'm i'm curious i'm always curious to ask horror fans what their thoughts on it were so my thing is <laughs> It should have just ended after the fourth one. Yes. Um, yeah. Honestly, Wes Craven, you know, bless his soul. He's an amazing, amazing, amazing director, writer, producer of all things horror, especially with the Scream franchise. Um, kind of, you know, p- taking, you know, jabs at like how horror is perceived. Yeah. It's like, oh, why, why would you do run up the stairs when you should just be running out the front door? Right. So, you know, it should have stopped at the fourth one because that, in, in a way, with the family tie-in, that's cool. But then, like, the fifth one, I appreciated what they were doing with it. But personally, mm-hmm. if Craven has no more... Like, Craven has no control over this anymore, uh, sadly, because he did yeah. pass away. Right. Uh, if if he had had a, a, fin- like, a finger in it, it would have been probably fantastic. Did I appreciate... Spoiler, if no one has actually seen it. If you haven't, then what the hell are you doing? Um... I appreciated the kill of the legend, legendary character, Dewey. Yes. I, after all the times that that man has been stabbed throughout this entire franchise and he goes out that way, it's like, it's like, damn, it's like, okay, well, he's definitely not coming back from that. Right. It's a double. S- <laughs> it's the, the thing for me is it's, it's nail in the coffin. This, these characters are, are done. Yeah, at this point, like, they, from rumors that I'm hearing, they're like, oh, I can't wait to see how this new generation of people, you know, this this new cast for Scream, I'm like, please don't continue Scream. There's no fucking point. No. Mm. We, th- this final film has, you know, Sydney and, you know, Dewey and Gail, it's like, it's done. Like, yeah. leave it alone, it's done. Like, please don't destroy the franchise. Mm. That's the thing I have an issue with with horror is they're constantly wanting to remake. Yeah. Horror is not genuinely horror anymore. It's more of a uh, psychological suspense genre now mm-hmm. uh, with things like Hereditary and all those yeah, other films. Yeah, I was going to say Don't Ari Aster. Yeah. Those, are really, those are really good films and they're twisted AF. But true horror with the gore, obviously because classic jump scares, things like that, it with the current audiences, it doesn't work anymore. Whereas people right. who were seeing these movies from like the sixties to like the early two thousands were like the golden years for horror. Mm-hmm. I yeah. am a original horror person through and through. I hate remakes. I despise them. It damaged the Friday the 13th franchise. It damaged Hellraiser down the line. I mean, even though Hellraiser is being remade, but it's being remade in a way where it's sticking to the original book. Yeah. Where Pinhead was, is, a female Cenobite. Right. And, you know, the original people are having their hands in it, so I'm like, I'm going to give it a shot and see how it goes. 
Um, no offense, but I mean, Doug Bradley's adaptation of Pinhead, it will never, <laughs> it'll be legendary. Right. Even in hell. Even in hell, it'll be legendary. Um, so, yeah, but for me, I'm just, I, I like the OG horror monsters and everything like that. So, obviously, if remakes flop, why are you still doing it, Hollywood? You have to stop. There's so many original scripts that you're just throwing right. on the floor. Because you're like, oh, well, this will, it's like, stop appealing to the current audiences because they're into this this newer adaptation of the psychological horrors. Right. And I love a good psychological horror. Like, don't, don't fucking get me wrong. But going back to the OGs and, and even, I'm like, even up into the 2000s. Because the one remake that I, I do appreciate because it happened early enough and the uh, we're, we're getting into uh, an interesting area when I talk about this. Um, but did you watch the original My Bloody Valentine? Yes. Did you watch the remake? My Bloody Valentine 3D? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. What did you think? I liked it. I just, I don't know, putting horror with a 3D thing always just, it triggers me. Right. The the 3D effects were fucking <laughs> god-awful. <laughs> like, like, it was the same thing with Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Uh, Doing yeah, the which, whole 3D concept at the end, I'm like, and it came with the, the, the yeah, boxes. I had, so I'm I, had, like, I had the no. red and blue glasses in my VHS. I do. Yeah. Oh, you have the VHSs. Well, I, got, I got, had upgraded mine to the DVD, so I have no idea where my VHSs went. Um... And I have that along with like all the special featurette stuff. I really wish the DVD set came with the TV show no. that Freddie did. I really wish the DVD set came with that, but it didn't. Um, yeah, he was but... my he was my favorite late night host actually too. Uh Because huh. Yeah, no, any yeah the three D aspect, like you said, gender, it was just god awful. Because uh, uh, removing that. The the change they made in the story, I think... Oh, yeah, the shift, yeah. Like, I don't think it was necessarily the worst move. Definitely a lot better than some of the shifts I've seen in remakes recently. Right. But it still didn't... It, it's still just not, not the same. And I think the remakes really started the worst during the writer's strike and they found that people were still going to go watch the movies, even though during the writer's strike in television, they were still pumping out movies, something for the actors to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the actors are getting booked. I mean, the, um, Friday, the 13th remake that came out with Paris Hilton, like uh, no, no, I, that was how ha- that was House, House, of, House, House of Wax. No, yeah. that was House of Wax. Oh, House of Her, Wax was Hilton, Her, Her, but which was yeah, no, she was uh, never in a Friday Thirteenth. If they right. ever put her in something like that, I, I would have snapped. Uh, so I watched a lot of those movies around at the same time. A lot of those remake dog shit. So I, House of Wax was it, House of Wax is not one of those movies that I ever gravitated towards in the first place because I don't like well, dolls. It was a it was it was like an opportunity to just get 
Chad Michael Murray working, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Uh, trying to think. But there was a. Have you seen the horror flick Devour? I have. Uh, you're the only other person that I know that's outside of the big supernatural fandom that has seen Devour. And that was one of the first horror movies that I saw with Jensen in it. Because Jensen does a lot of horror. Uh, he does. He does. But that movie, there was... Because I don't know much about the the history of that movie and that script. But some of the people that I saw in that movie... Seeing them uh, from, like, other movies and TV shows, like, um, the chick who played, um, Marisol, she's been in a whole bunch of shit that I've seen. And so, like, watching this years down the road, I'm like, wait a minute. I know all of these fucking people. And they were in this, like, I'm gonna be kind of... Frank, kind of a dog shit movie. Devour, it hit its big twist in the end of the second act. And I'm like, bro, like, you have lost me. Like, I I can't, I, 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 I liked where it was going. And then that twist, like, I will give it the fact that it is not anything I had seen before. Right. But... It was just not, it was not, uh, it, it didn't do for me what I would have hoped. Like right. there was potential in it and then they just shit the bed. <laughs> you know, the only reason that I kind of watched that movie was because William Sadler was in it and I had seen him in Demon Knight from the Tales of the Crypt movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love that movie. I love all those actors in that movie. Um, so I was like, I'll give it a shot. And then, you know, cause we had, you know, seen Jensen doing horror all the time. So it's like, okay, well, give it a shot. Eh. It, it ranks in the bottom, well, bottom half of my list of, do I recommend this? Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's one of those oddball horror films that. Right. You know, it it has, eh, eh, I don't want to say it has its moments. But, I mean, for the budget that they had and things like that, I mean, it was okay. Right. I, there's a big part of me that would like, that would kind of like to see a fresh, more modern take on it. Because it relies so much on the technology of the day. Uh-huh. And that's my thing, too, is, like, these oddball movies that didn't do well, like, back in the day, if those were to be pulled now, where it would probably work now. Right. So it's like it's like the horror films that worked in the past, don't touch them. The ones that didn't, revamp those. Right. Mm, that's a good because they might actually do better with this generation of viewers. And, like you said, with the technology and stuff that it focuses on, things, you know, it's those just little aspects from the story that it would work now. Right. So I would, I would absolutely love to see an adaptation of devour. Uh, I mean, just like I am part of an elite group of people that really would love to see a Wishmaster five. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we're not going to see it. So 
Right. It's it's well, like well, give them give them time. They're, they're like I feel no, that, like because <laughs> I feel like the the well has run so dry for these like you know, I feel like Hollywood is in such a cutthroat position where the the well has run so dry on the nostalgia wagon that you just don't know what the fuck they're going to come out with next and right. expect you to give a shit about. And it's it's <laughs> funny it's funny because uh, I, I almost want someone to clip something you said uh, a little while ago. Uh, they should have stopped after the fourth movie, which I feel applies to so much in the horror uh, genre. Oh, 100%. You know? so they they uh, drag yo. on. And I hate to say it, like Hellraiser, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, those all dragged on a little bit. Like when you got the Dream Child or um, well, uh, well, Hellraiser, uh, Hellworld, it just got a bit... Yo, you yeah. get J- Jason takes Manhattan, and he spends or Leprechaun in the Hood. Like it's, right. it's just those yeah. storylines that what? just go beyond what. We're uh, but then, but then it's like, but then it's like Jason takes Manhattan and spends ninety five percent of the movie not in Manhattan. I'm like, yeah, it's like the last ri- half, it's like the last portion of that movie he's in Manhattan. And so. I'm like, who is writing this? Like that could have been like <laughs> maybe half decent. He's on a cruise ship. So like uh, Jason takes mojitos, right? Um, for starters, and then just what you're saying, like I am firmly of the school where I'm, th- you know, there's a reason that psychological horrors are doing so well, right? And it's because the slasher genre and that kind of like style of movie is so hard to make fresh again. Mm-hmm. We've seen it from so many angles. And to be honest, it it, ha- it has to almost like revert to, you know, it, culturally like a childlike brain that we have. It has to go back to something that we feel that we're too good for right. to work, which yeah. is why they fucking overcomplicate everything. Uh, well, and it's uh, and and for context, my favorite uh, horror movie is Evil Dead Two. So <laughs> that tells you <laughs> oh, everything gosh, you need Evil to Dead, know. Evil Dead, just overall is a fantastic. Yeah. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead Army of Darkness, and mm. Ash vs. Evil Dead all were executed. Even the remake, this is the one remake I will say is a must-watch. Yeah, they did so fucking it. well with it. I was what? so surprised by it. And the, Yeah, the reason I bring it up as well, you know, you say remaking something with new technology and it making sense, like, that totally made sense in terms of 100%. them, like, you know, from schlock to making it, like, look actually instead of like slightly funny or uh schlocky uh, actually made it fucking like horrible to look at <laughs> mm-hmm. yes because like yeah. even just like with, even with any sort of visual effects even the the makeup itself was just beyond more gruesome and it the whole movie i'd have to praise it it was just done absolutely well i'm glad they went with the one actress though because i believe originally it was supposed to be lily collins and I'm kind of glad it wasn't her, because I believe she was doing some sort of movie related to a book franchise. Um, oh, what was it? It was turned into a TV show on ABC Family. Um, Hold on. Where they hunt demons and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They're the... Why is this title of... Oh, Lord. Hold on. I'm on, I'm I'm doing what I do best, and that's again on IMDb in the middle of the podcast. 
Um, yeah, and the, we're back to regular programming books. The immortal <laughs> in, was she, Shadow Hunter. Shadow, Shadow Hunters. There yeah, it is. It yeah. Mortal, it, mortal, it was the Mortal Instruments City of Bones. Yep. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. the movie adaptation that flopped, but the TV show did fucking phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. So, was, yes. Was, was, was Lin Manuel Miranda in that? Am I making that shit up? Am I on about uh... the wrong thing? No, I didn't say it. Don't fucking listen to Oh, me. I just came across something. They're redoing Urban Legend. Really? Yep. Bren- uh, so Rebecca Gayhart's reprising her role as Brenda. Catherine McNamara from Shadowhunters is going to be a lead. Oh, Loretta Devine is coming back as Reese. Hmm. Okay, so we have two returning actors. I can almost hear she w- all of our listeners like rapidly typing on their keyboards right now. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. I yeah, I just saw it's in. It was announced. No, it's in pre-production. So they're currently going through the budgeting process and casting actors. Wow. Yeah, because I went to uh, Catherine McNamara's profile because of the Shadowhunters thing and uh, I was yeah. like Urban Legend I'm like excuse I, was, I think I remember actually hearing them say that they were planning on remaking Urban Legend but never knew about who they casted so far yeah it's uh so this is another one um I don't know if they should be touching this but if they do it well I might be okay with it um I don't know it's gonna be interesting and it's well okay so Speaking on horror, a franchise that I want to see die, and I watched it younger than I really, than what my mom wanted me to, was the mm-hmm. Saw franchise. Can we uh, just lit- literally can, was can the can best we talk about that? that? Because uh, I, so I don't mind the first couple Saw films. I, I don't like torture porn movies, so. that's not my thing but saw the the questions that saw the first saw movie presents to the viewer that viewers either think on and they go oh well fuck or they just completely miss it because they're just slack jawed shoveling popcorn watching watching the movie The, the the questions that it presents i absolutely love the philosophical discussion behind it but now we're just fucking like uh, all the apprentices and all the bullshit and uh, uh, well, can I say the final, the final installment of the Saw franchise was uh, Will Smith uh, and Chris Rock. I mean, you know when uh, the the first mo- like the first Saw spoiler alert when he just like gets up at the end, mm-hmm. that was Will Smith. <laughs> I just. Like, I, I don't have, Saw was one of those last kind of like original IPs that I was just like, I bet I can get behind this. Yeah, sure. Let's do a couple movies. Yeah, it was good. I don't need a 10th installment. Fucking, uh, what was his name? John Kramer, what what the fuck was his name from Saw? The oh, uh, the actor is Tobin Bell. I know that. Uh, uh hold on, I've got a. How, how telling that it the character name fucking escapes you, right? Because we're all jigsaw. 
Well, that's the thing. Like, everybody's fucking jigs. Like, fuck off. Fuck. Fuck off. Uh, Wait, are, we, are we talking about Tobin Bell? Or Yeah, we're talking about Tobin Bell. What was his? Okay. Fuck, what was his name? John. It was John something. But, like, John just, he, like, a good man who does good things and then decides, nope. Like, the, the thing that I love about certain types of horror is that the fact that someone realistically could do that i mean we we had um hh holmes like it's not too far out of the scope of reality that someone could be just this fucking demented like the far-fetched believability yeah I, i i like to think that i'm somewhat i have a somewhat you know creative mind where it's just like oh yeah i mean i could see under the right circumstances shit like that would happen but it's not going to sweet it's it's humans it's people it like that's the thing i love about it but then we're so Mm. far down the line in saw sequels that like it they've beaten it to death so much that i just i can't yeah, but, and and the intricacies of the murder plots you as you become so desensitized and bored by it that you may as well watch someone make a watch. Saw three D, the final chapter, two thousand ten. Guess what, bitches? We had a Saw movie come out what right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck off. Yeah, that one was called just what Spiral or something. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah, but uh, by the because, way, his last name, you need his to, last name you... was Kramer, Ginger. I was right. It was John Kramer. <laughs> ah. was, yeah, uh, insert Seinfeld music here. Right? <laughs> it just... What is the deal with Jigsaw? Oh, fuck, man. I just... <sighs> you know, it's funny you say 3D, and 3D comes up so much in horror because they want it to be like immersive... Like scare. Uh, I'm going to say something about 3D movies in general. I've never watched anything at all in 3D that I thought, "Thank God I'm seeing it in 3D." It always detracts for from the movie experience for me. Mm-hmm. It does. I personally do not prefer 3D. I, yeah, no, no. I well, as I wear glasses to to see anything, so. Thanks for, you know, like me having to decide whether I want to see the movie in 3D or if I want to be able to like see anything. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> like I'm and, I'm and good. Is there is there anything more corny than seeing a movie uh you know years later outside of theater release where you knew initially it was part of that 3D boom? And then you're watching the movie now uh, as as a modern viewer, and you you just see that moment that takes you out of the movie, and you go, "Oh, they did it for 3D, where like a shard of glass right. suddenly yeah. becomes super focused," and you go, "Like, oh, it was one of those." Yeah. Right. Oh, there's a shard of glass like heading towards the screen, but it means nothing to me now yeah. because it's over. Like, or like Harry Potter in the final movie. Catching the golden snitch and like I'm the snitch, yeah. And you're like, oh fuck, like that shit just did not work. And and then 
like I don't know about you guys, but when you put those 3D glasses on and everything in your peripheral vision is kind of like fucked. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you've got to like focus on every as you know, and they were all on IMAX screens, so your eyes aren't big enough to fucking see the whole thing, and it's still blurry. Yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no amount. Uh, uh, you know, all the effort of James Cameron of making two blue creatures make love in front of your eyes in front of the screen uh, can't fucking uh, make me enthralled about that experience because that shit's just weird. I feel like only like certain, not even for just like not even full genres can do it. I feel like only certain movies. Like I feel like. If one may do it, maybe it would be Marvel's Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness might be able to pull that off in 3D because of how much shit is going to be going on in that film. Right. Um, so, but will I go watch it in 3D? Absolutely not. Fuck no. So here's I a... am just, because like, like, like you said, Drew, it, it takes away from the experience. Yeah, because I'm you... I'm just you... watching it because it's like, it's like one or two little spots. They're like, oh, it's going to be fully immersive 3D. And like, you have like... Five spots out of the entire film that are th- actually 3D. Yeah, and the rest of the movie you're trying to like uh, make amends in your brain that that like the characters mm-hmm. are slightly away from everything else, right? And it just yeah. doesn't work. You know? Yeah. Come on, guys. I, I... So I mean, for for people who love 3D and and you love that that immersive experience, if it works for you, great. I'm de- I'm definitely. I think Drew and Ginger can agree. It's just not. Mm. I one it's it's not worth the extra money to spend on a ticket. No, right. So. And if you if you want to be immersed, just get a fucking Wii balance board. Your fucking grandma's got one. <laughs> so I was installing a TV in a client's house, and they looked at me, straight faced, and said, "So does this TV do 3D?" And I said, "No." Well, why not? No TV that does 3D. <laughs> I was like, well, they're like, well, why not? And I said, because 3D was a fad that failed. I love my 3D movies. I have a 3D Blu-ray player. It's like, yeah, I got one of those too, but it's for people like you who still have fucking 3D. Get that shit out of here. Get 4K. And get out of my face. Exactly. 4, 4K is becoming yeah. the biggest thing now. So it's like, it's so... And 4K Like I said, 3D anywhere. has a very exclusive audience, a very small, minutia exclusive audience. Yeah. I mean, good for them. Yeah. If they love it, they love it, you know? There's yeah. just the bulk of us that just, there's no point. Yeah. And the yeah, fact yeah. that a lot of people still have DVD players now, because I'm like, I, I love DVDs. I have a collection of movies. Same. Everyone's like, why do you have that? Everything's digital. I was like, because the day that shit crashes, like the internet, I at least have shit to watch. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, when my when my Wi-Fi goes goes down, I've got a King of the Hill DVD box that waiting for me. Exactly, and that's the thing too. It's like, nah, I'd rather I just like I collect Funkos and horror figurines. Like, I I still do that shit. Mm-hmm. I like having my collection of DVDs. Do I still add to it from time to time? Yes, not as heavily as I used to. Majority of all my films are horror or Marvel Marvel related. So right, but it's uh, funny. with I was the gonna... prices that. DVDs are, or not DVDs, Blu-rays are now. It's a bit ridiculous. 30 bucks for a fucking Blu-ray? Yeah. And, and you can get it on Prime. Like, I'm sorry, but... Yeah, you can get it on Prime yeah. or you can, like, wait till it goes on sale like I do. Yeah. And they're like, here, it's, it, uh, it's exclusive price. I was going to make this point earlier, but, like, how... You know, you said Marvel, and I'm not going to talk about Marvel in much depth here. Don't worry. Um, 
<laughs> because I've been known to go off pretty hard frost I'm sorry um, no it's fine no, it's uh, fine. you know I, I was thinking the whole time we were talking about uh you know trying to make what would make horror films fucking pop again and I was thinking how cool would it be if uh at Disney someone look you know they're looking through those old properties we've got fucking Moon Knight nobody knew who Moon Knight was right, right. and mm-hmm. uh, and they're looking through all these old properties. How about they just take one of these fucking heroes that they've not brought into the fore again and do like a, a Marvel fucking slasher movie? How great would that be? I would be so that down would for that. Be yes. So good. Like Kevin you Feige, are... you've got mm-hmm. my pager number. Like I'll I'll fucking sell <laughs> you the rights. Give it give me uh all right, so let, like we're remaking the X-Men. Let's do like a movie where I don't know, like Nightcrawler is under mind control and fucking it's like a teleportation, crazy multiversal slasher movie. Yeah, where I, mean, I would like to see like, how that would go. Honestly, yeah, like people, like you've got a character and like he's going through. He's like a slat. He, he, he's like a slat. He's killing people. He's got his knives. And he's killing the same person in several different alternate timelines, and he's trying to like fucking eradicate the person from all these timelines. And and it's up to the one version of that character to fucking get out and save like a million versions of himself. Like I think that would pop, man. With all that, like it it would be different. With all that money behind it, it would be like visually great, which is, let's be honest, we're talking about Ariaster and Hereditary and Midsummer. Right. The reason that people like those psychological horror movies is because the cinematography is fucking immaculate and they look great, which is why they get critically uh, lauded, is because they are like uh, shot like works of art. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing that, people that are critical of film love more than uh, making a frame of painting with a two-dimensional storyline where nobody speaks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but just imagine that, like, big-budget Marvel, it's about superheroes, but it, then it's a slasher movie. I think that shit would pop, right? It's It's just changing up the... Well, okay, so DC has an entire line of fucking comics that are all horror horror and Mm. i would love to see it as a live action all of the animated batman stuff that's super fucking dark i love it but i would love to see the batman who is just killing with no discretion because the joker fucked him up like I want mm. that. I want to see that uh, that the reason I loved the new Batman movie so much is it was a much more realistic look of how Bruce might actually be. Yeah, dour as fuck. Uh, uh, what I'll say, you know, obviously Frost, you're a big Marvel fan, um, but the thing about the new Batman movie that I thought was super, super refreshing was one of these super big budget superhero movies where someone was actually just fucking fighting crime. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to it being like this big universal threat. Not that I've got a problem with that, I guess. Like it, uh, it, the the sci-fi kind of shit that the Marvel universe is going into, I actually prefer to what came before. But with like Loki, which uh, on our Patreon episode and people listening, please subscribe to the Patreon to hear that episode. It will be uploaded soon. I admitted uh, that I like the Loki series because of the way it deals with sci-fi. Let's fucking let's let's do that with horror, man. Let's yeah. fucking flip the lid. Let's change shit up. Yeah. I just, I'm tired of it being the same thing over and over and, and over, over again. And like, yeah. and, you know, coming from a content creator standpoint, yes, it's beneficial to just play the same game over and over and over and over again because people are going to come back to you because you play the same game that they like. Again, hard mode versus streaming versus easy mode for you know uh for streaming but with tv and movies and if you just keep remaking the same shit over and over and over again retelling the same story but with different fucking people but it's the same goddamn story like i'm i'm fucking over it man like that's yeah what we get yeah what we're gonna do like start like doing a gritty Hollywood reboot of, like, Greek myths. Uh, I mean, you know, those shit, those shits were wild. They, like, have sex with swans. Is that... Is that the multiverse of madness? I don't know, man. It's just... It... Uh, but, but, you know, here's the thing. Like, I read a study uh, just earlier today, and they said uh, that nostalgia, right, when you have a feeling of nostalgia... It actually like numbs your pain receptors, right? So mm-hmm. this is the thing with all these like soulless remakes. Like everybody knows their shit. Everyone like you know, Spider Man No Way Home did it right. They fucking like you know they made something out of that. But there's there's still this cynicism there for me where you're thinking, you know, at the end of the day, all these movies are where you know we're talking about horror. We're talking about Friday the Thirteenth. We're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. These movies started as passion projects for up-and-coming directors that wanted to go and prove themselves and reach for things that they couldn't do on the budgets they had. Evil Dead, the same thing. Sam Raimi makes Evil Dead and works on all these practical effects and learns how to work around his budget. Uh, Now, it's like a guy in the room like that runs like a multinational corporation really cynically saying let's bring these guys back because people buy it and nostalgia makes you feel good rather than it being like we're not reaching for something anymore right we're not reaching to see how far we can go or see what stories we can tell we're just like how can we how can we repackage this shit man right in 3d you can see Spider-Man catching a baseball and be worried that the baseball's going to hit you in the face. And I'll say, no, the only time I've seen 3D that was convincing and uh, worked for me was uh, Disneyland Paris on the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ride. <laughs> like Rick Moranis never looks so good. I... 
Well, that's, uh, Druid, you have read it. You haven't read an updated version of it in a while, because I haven't, I've done some edits, but I haven't touched in a while. But I don't know if you knew this, Frost, but I wrote a script over a year ago. And no, I have not. It was... It's I, I pulled inspiration from something that somebody else did, but I took it in a slightly different... I, I took it in a, in, a, in a different route, and the, the theming and the story around it is, is, is different. Um, and I was at a convention last May, and there were... I was... Ended up schmoozing with anime voice actors for uh, a weekend. And, you know, just treating them like fucking people like you do. When you meet anybody famous, I fucking treat famous in whatever circle people like they're fucking people. Um, Exactly. (laughs) And I was, uh, I had mentioned something about writing, you know, that that I, I write some and that I had written the script, but I hadn't touched it in a while. And they said, well, why haven't you touched it? And I said, I don't know. I, well, partly because, you know, I didn't, I was nervous. Uh, I've had a concussion. I don't want to make changes to it. And then go, what the fuck did I write? Like, mm. and you know, it's not perfect, but I, it's something that I would like to see made. And they're like, well, just send it to us. And I never did. Oh, uh-huh. right. <laughs> Why no? Because I was scared, and the thing is, is it could it could be something that's you know I'm I'm trying to raise money to to fund and 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 make into a thing, like that could have been where that ended up being. If it never gets made, fine. If it gets made, I will be so happy. But I'm so fucking like nervous and terrified to like share it to people whose opinions I actually Mm. fucking care about. And like, I'm scared to like try to shop it and send it off because what if it gets made? And what if it's a piece of shit? Like that Mm. fear for me is so fucking big. And I think there's so many people in the internet age Everybody is always, oh, you stole that idea from somebody else. And it's like, but but no, I just, I had a little bit of inspiration and I'm doing my damn thing. And it's, it's a, everybody is so quick to say, you need to credit this person. You stole this. You did that. And I'm like, well, well, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not even that like, uh, everyone's a fucking like critic now, right? Everyone thinks that they've got the the inside scoop and the correct thing to say. Uh, look at any Facebook comment section that advertises any movie ever, and you will notice that people that haven't written a full sentence on a side of A4 paper since they were at middle school suddenly think that they understand how uh, pacing plots work and understand what creative decisions should go into an output. And everyone thinks that they are like Roger Ebert. Right. So it's it's like doubly scary, right? Because you know that if it's like just shared in an offhand way, a secondhand way, that some 
someone is going to like pop up and say like, well, uh, I don't know, right? Uh, I don't know why it's Bill Clinton. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, 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 you know, I would have been way better in the third act if uh, the cinematography was more in line with the madness in the... You're like, what are you talking about? Um, the, we're living in, and I understand completely the irony of me, uh, a man that talks extensively on a podcast about Twitch streamers that has never streamed in his life and doesn't know anything about streaming. In fact, when you were talking about games earlier, I thought, you know, I may as well be learning like Italian. Uh, so, you know, I understand the irony of me saying this, but like this kind of age of every, and we saw it with COVID, we saw it with the anti-mask and anti-vaxxers and we see it with the alt-right and we see it with all these people. Everyone's a fucking expert. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the ability to read one perspective and base their entire opinion about it. So, I, for the first time in my life, have got anxiety about sharing music, something that I would share readily from the age of thirteen. I, I am terrified to share my creative works because, like, everyone's a fucking expert on everything. And when you think you're an expert on everything, you think everything's shit. Right. <laughs> So you're ready to shit on everything. Yeah. And pe- people support creative works like it's a baseball team, right? So mm-hmm. if anything doesn't fall into that category, you know, you're shit. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of life. Nobody's, uh, you're getting studios like A24 who are just like, oh yeah, no, fuck it. Let's do this, you know, this original script written by this person. Fuck it. Let's do it. Like A24, the film studio that equates to your little brother having a mushroom flashback. Right. It's just, it's that, you know, finally fucking doing something, doing anything different. Mm. And, like, we're not just, like, because I was flipping through Netflix and saw a show that is based off of a cartoon that I watched when I was a kid. And it's the more fucking adult version of it where there's actual, it's it's live action and there's stakes and there's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, why the fuck are we doing this shit again? Again. The show died when I watched it. Why are we remaking it to to try to get my age people to watch it as adults, but also trying to get the 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 teens in on it? Fuck, just let it die. Yeah. Let it fucking die. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if they remade Power Rangers and except like Zordon was like uh Heisenberg and was making the rangers inhale fentanyl and then right. that's the show it's like and they don't call it power rangers they call it the rangers right it's like fuck man i don't know because for us you're in it's sort of in that world i don't know we don't talk a lot about your work i just know that you edit things <laughs> uh i i do edit things yes <laughs> you do the edits of the stuff like i i don't know you just you said that you just did a TV show and a movie, correct? 
Oh no, I didn't edit those. I no, was no, no, in no, them. Yeah. You, you were in them. In like, them. yes. I'm really sorry if uh, we've talked about any property that you've been a part of. No, 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 you have not. Nope. Uh, uh, the two projects that I recently done was Leverage Redemption and Renfield, which is a Dracula movie that's starring Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt. No oh fucking my, oh shit. I know both of those. The the Leverage. Yeah, I was really excited to hear about Leverage. And I'm really yeah, looking leverage... for, I'm really looking forward to seeing you in the Rangers. I mean, I do, I do have a uh, Dino Thunder Yellow Ranger helmet coming my way here in the next like two months. So oh, fuck yeah! I am a Power Rangers fan. I like the OG Power Rangers, but I also liked the certain certain seasons. So I did like Dino Thunder because it brought it back to like the original type, and it was kind of mm-hmm. like a good villain. You had good Rangers. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jason David Frank came back. Yes. He became a Ranger again. Yes. So. Yes, I was intrigued by that, and I was like, and one of my friends who is in the UK, he has been making Power Ranger helmets for like 15 years now, and he is definitely a professional when it comes to the OG Ranger helmets, especially like either the TV series versions or even the movie versions of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, you know, I he's making my Dino Thunder yellow helmet. He is constantly non-stop busy so like there's a lot of people who are getting power ranger helmets commissioned which is pretty freaking cool he actually has the original alfalfa suit nice aye 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 alfalfa alpha five i don't know why i said alfalfa all of a sudden but I, no, I alpha five uh, yeah it sounded like he, alpha like, five. Did, he did like a dragon ball Z. he did a, like i did a, like a drag yep yep <laughs> drag- <laughs> i had a little brain fart uh, slip uh but yes Oh, he just did a Dragon Ball Z fusion with Alf. Alf? Yeah, the, oh, you know Alf, the fucking furry alien. I he looks know. Like, you look like you, he should have come out of a claw machine. <laughs> it, I mean, so I don't know. It's, I guess literally what I just said, I'm, I'm perpetuating part of the problem of fucking it's, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, leverage and, you know, I'm, I'm excited for those things, but also it's like, I'm not like if they flop, they flop. If they suck, they suck. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but like, it's just seeing, seeing properties just getting remade with the same, the same shit. I'm tired of it, but I also don't have the cojones to be all like, hi, yes, here is my script. Hello. It's in its first, it's, it's in, in its infancy. It's in its first, you know, first draft stages. Uh, give it a read and tell me what you think. I'm just like, mm-hmm. nope, nope. This is just staying right fucking down here and nobody can look at it. And then I, yeah. nothing will ever happen with it. But, but what we're saying is the current model, you know, part of your anxiety might come from the fact that the current model doesn't accept those new properties in that way. That's exactly it. You know what? You know what you meant to do. You like uh, rewrite your script, um, and then it's like what Venom Three, right? Uh, 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 but then, uh, under the token of the Sony-produced Marvel movies, uh, if you're ever scared, and this goes to anyone listening at home. If you're ever scared of sharing your script in the fear that it won't get made, remember that they actually made uh, Morbius. So it could happen to you. I was going to say, I, didn't, I haven't seen Morbius yet. I did not bother. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, do not bother. Jared Leto, I he has lost any fucking draw for me for anything. When I was in high school, I was like uh, Jared Leto, and now I'm just like meh. Here's the thing that lost uh, Jared Leto for me. You, uh, have you heard about the cult-like retreat he does? Dude, he's no. so fucking so insane. He, so he does like a 30 seconds to Mars. So 30 seconds to Mars, they don't play or do shows anymore, right? Right. right. Uh, but you can buy tickets to a festival that Jared Leto uh, runs, basically, where you go to a private island and when you go to that private island, you have to wear white robes and like follow him around like he's a god. And it's like this insane uh, cult-like experience where people go to an island and basically like listen to him speak. They all wear the same clothes. And he even went out on Twitter and went, you think it's a cult? Well, yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. I I would urge you, if you have a device in front of you, and this goes to listeners at home as well, to just look up uh, images of this fucking Jared Leto festival because it is fucking wild. I just can't it is, fucking like it is what it is wild. When I was figuring out my shit post college like figuring out what the fuck i was doing with my life figuring out my mental health like dealing with all that bullshit there was a whole lot of hero worship that i had for like celebrities and musicians and blah 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 blah, blah. now i'm like cool i'm three phone calls away from brian henson i treat brian henson the same way that i treat you guys like someone who i w- had lunch this weekend with someone who was a consultant for Chris Angel. Like, I... I, The celebrity world, they're they're just fucking people. And they go through the same bullshit we do. It just... They have the aid of money potentially making it a little bit better and a little bit easier to deal with things on the surface level. But, like... It, they're just fucking people, man. And Jared Leto is uh, acting style, whatever, fine. But like, bro, what? Like, I don't understand the blind devotion to public figures anymore. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> Uh, I I just put the the photo of the retreat into the resources. And this is a guy that doesn't think he's a fucking normal person, man. Holy shit. Holy shit, dude. Yo, happy Easter, everyone. Here's, like, Jesus Christ, right? Oh, that's, that's fucking, like, uh, I can't, like, fathom, I, I, I can't fathom that, like. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, um, so, yeah, 2019, 
Uh, Leto and his band invited their fans who call themselves the Echelon to a retreat in Croatia. It consists of Leto dressed in white robes for three days, and he does a they do a couple of songs, and then they do like yoga and fucking like wellness treatments. That's crazy to me. Now there's a fucking horror movie I'd watch. <laughs> I guess it, being that you've been in productions recently, I mean, I, I feel like you also kind of align in that same like. Not they're just fucking people. Like they they are like, and the thing is like when I was on set, um, and I I did a scene for like. Three hours, because every director is different. Mm. Um, but I did a scene for like three hours straight. Um, and four inch heels, by the way. Uh, so that wasn't fun. However, when I sat I down know. with the with the production assistants, which when I'm on sets, like it's always fun to talk to those guys because they see the craziest shit that goes on on set. Right. Mm. So like, you know, they'll bring on extras and people like that, right? So. Extra. Some people who come on as extras don't realize they have fucking boundaries. Right. Some mm. of them who know not to cross those lines don't cross the line. There was a time, and I can't remember what movie he was referencing, um, but it was a production earlier. No, no, no. It was on Renfield because it was for Aquafina, because Aquafina's in the film. Mm-hmm. Someone thought it was a good idea to go and like run to her and like follow her around and like ask her for all this and this is i'm like bruh i was like that person really did that and they were instantaneously kicked off the set that same day well yeah because as an extra or background artist you're there as a support for the scene you're not there for the actors unless they come up to you and talk to you like there was an exception um when i worked on 21 jump street we were doing the house party scene and I was a stand in for Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> <What>? was, <laughs> yeah, I was a stand in for Brie Larson and it was only for like, I think two weeks cause her, sta- her previous stand in I think was off, but I literally came on, on that show as an extra and they came to the extras tent, pulled me and was like, okay, you're, you're going to be Brie Larson stand in for the next two weeks. I was like, Oh, well shit. Okay. And this is before anyone really knew who Brie Larson was. You know, right. she still had very small parts. I think this was right before she did The Room. Mm. And um, so I was doing it. We were setting up the shot and Jonah Hill was in the the so in the chair next to me. And he just he tapped me. He's like, hey, like, you know, what's your name? Like, how are you enjoying this? You know, the set and everything so far. So that's like that was like he initiated it. And I was very and like, I'm very calm and collective about it because like, like you said, Ginger, like the actors no no matter if how high your celebrity level is they're still people right and they want to be treated that way so like mm-hmm. the fact that he even just like started a conversation because like he saw I was, I was just standing there i was like you know just waiting for a cue and mm-hmm. he just you know tapped me he was like you know and jonah's a very very chill person um not not it can't be said for the same for channing tatum uh because he had a bodyguard on him the entire time because there was the the 
neighborhood girls would all be outside, literally, like, they ran inside their houses, printed a picture of him, and, like, were standing across the street waiting to get... It's like Channing was like nowhere to be found. Like his security guard makes sure he, like that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. And um, can we and can we just say like in everyday life, like one of the weirdest things that could happen to you is someone that you don't know printing off a picture of your face and then approaching. Like, right. Yeah, and that's the crazy have, thing. It's you like know what I mean. And and that's the thing. That's how you can see with like actors on set. Like Channing takes those steps. Jonah doesn't have to. Right. So comparing like Jonah to Channing, like. Those guys are night and day. They're completely two different people. Um, you know, Jonah was socializing with people and all the other stuff. Channing, not so much. Not at least from what I saw. Um, and I knew a couple people who were actually acting in it. Um, who were, you know, Dave Franco's buddies in the scene. So mm-hmm. it was it was just really fun overall because like everyone was very chill. Like unless you're unless the actor specifically talks to you, which those actors invited all of us standards to go sit with them during lunch break, mm-hmm. which was super cool. Cause like everyone kind of like sits off at their own tables in their groups of people. You know what I mean? Like, especially like if you're at lunch, like don't, don't try and go sit next to the mm-hmm. actors. Don't try and sit next to like directors or anything. It's not a smart idea because right. if you do that, they will not use you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> take it from know, someone hey, who hey, has. Hey, Scorsese, can I get in the scene? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like those guys, because yeah. like not all the time does the actors go to the actual tent and like eat, mm-hmm. but because they'll go to the trailers and whatnot. But sometimes they do. Like on Twenty One Jump Street, like literally, we all kind of ate at the same at the same base camp, so it was really kind of cool. So because when we're moving around from location to location, their trailers aren't at every spot their trailers are at home base right so when we're done for like an hour break we do our breaks either on like on set wherever our location is like there was a bridge scene you know a lot of us sat at a camp while our cars were sitting on a bridge and uh that that whole second unit that entire day was never used Mm -hmm. so for eight straight hours they just sat in a tent and hung out all day right while their cars were out on a bridge (laughs) Well, that's so, so I, so I do the convention circuit uh, very loosely. I don't go to all the conventions because it's a lot, but I did a little bit of the convention circuit and I went to Dragon Con and I'm leaving one of the host hotels and we're getting ready to walk back to our hotel. We're walking a mile through downtown Atlanta and Olympic Park back to our hotel and I literally bump into DJ Quails. And DJ Quails, he's known in a lot of the, you know, like TV, you know, he's had some a few movie roles, you know, fine. I bump into DJ, I'm like, oh shit, my bad. And standing next to him is Ty Olson. And I'm like, hey, guys, super sorry. Hey, by the way, I really appreciate your work. I'm a fan of Supernatural. I've seen you guys in, in other stuff. I like what you do. Thank you for being here. And DJ Quails was so high. He was just like, oh yeah, hi. Hey, I'm DJ. And like held out his hand, shook my hand, like was super chill. And then when I went to, to because I went through um, the Walk of Fame and, you know, got some autographs and, you know, fine. You know, like just little shit for me. DJ Quails because I have a, a, I take a different baseball hat to cons every year and get, get the hat side because it's unique. It makes me memorable, but not in like a, a creepy way. 
And uh-huh. DJ just goes, wait a minute, come here. And he just grabbed my head before I could take the hat off and just started signing the hat while it was on my head. And Ty <laughs> was just like, you want pictures of this? Cause he doesn't do this shit very often. And he, and Ty held my phone and took photos and it's, and the hat literally says, Hey Ginger, I'm signing this on your head. Heart DJ. And I was like, <laughs> all right, fucking bet. Like, and it was just, just treating those guys like fucking people and, uh-huh. and not being like, Oh my God. It's like, okay. Like, it's like, if you get naturally nervous, like that's one thing, but when he gets overly like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, hi. Huh, huh, it's like, it's like, it's like, take, take a breath, take a breath, calm down. Right. I was just like, Hey, like, cause bumping into DJ and bumping into Ty, I was just like, Oh shit. My bad. Oh. Hey, it's yeah, because you. like you, your instantaneous response was, "Oh God, I'm so sorry." <laughs> right, because it, it's like I'm, my instantaneous response is anytime I bump into someone, "Oh shit, my bad." Shit, my bad. It's like my bad. I'm just like not fucking paying attention to where I'm walking. Because time, no, a, like that should be a natural response. Yeah, time made a comment about how I was how I was chilled the night before, mm. and I was just like, I mean, yeah, because like, why the fuck wouldn't I be? I'm almost thirty years old. Y'all are adults. I'm an adult. I, I watch TV shows and movies and shit that you guys have been in. Yes, you have some fame. But you're a fucking person. What none of them knew is I'm over here on Twitch with my own little... I, in my own corner, I am famous. Like, it's the same... It's It's not the same thing, but it's the same concept of things. I just want people to treat me like a fucking person, you know? So... Are you telling me when I went when I saw Christian Bale at, um, at Walmart, and I went up to him with a Batman Funko Pop, and I said to him, <laughs> "Where are the other drugs going? Where's Rachel?" <laughs> are you telling Are you telling me that was the wrong thing to do? Uh, possibly, pot- potentially. <laughs> and he but... uh, and then I just said, "I loved you in the Machinist. You were so." You were excellent. And he went, fuck off, mate. And then I went, where's Rachel? <laughs> it's, it's, that was it, dep- it depends on the person. Yes. Some people might actually find that very, like, okay, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Others are just like, like you said, fuck off. Right. <laughs> like, fuck off, mate. Like, no. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it all just depends on the person yeah. that you're dealing with, honestly. <laughs> if they have a good sense of humor or not, or if they just it's just been a long day yeah. for them and they're just tired of hearing that I, stuff. I, 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 would say, I would say Rob Schneider would be totally cool with it. Probably. Yeah. It, uh, how are how y'all doing? Whatever. Uh, Adam Sandler, I imagine not. He's not like, Popeye's chicken's fucking up. He's like, get out of my face. Eh? But like uh you know, it's funny that that uh as a celebrity that fucking like so much pressure when you get all these weirdos coming up to you, you know, where are the other drugs going? Where's Rachel? And like mm-hmm. Christian Bell's like gotta be like nice enough about it that it doesn't like ruin his career. <laughs> well, and that's looking at influencers, like I it, streamer Twitter is, is such a cesspool half the time, but there's also some really cool tidbits that come out of it. And it's seeing like larger creators go 
you know, I get all these DMs that say, hey, I saw you, but I was nervous to come talk to you. And it's like, if I'm not actively like putting food in my face or I'm not like actively like taking a phone call and you see me out in public, don't like get fully up in my shit, but just be like, hi, hello. Yes. Uh, can I get like a picture? It was so nice to meet you. Like, be a, a normal fucking human, but come say hi. I'm not gonna like jump down your throat about it. And it's and it's even like. But I but on the same token, I understand the frustration. Right. You know, you remember you remember the Hugh Grant story. Yes. And I'm on Hugh Grant's side there. Right. Right, because like he he's just like out on a vacay just trying to you know relax and enjoy himself and then like my shithead friend goes up to him and like that's you grant let me take a photo with him wow and he's just like fuck off mate right and you're like i totally understand that though he's on vacation man like um i wouldn't i I, i've been in a couple of situations where i've seen celebrities and believe it or not for ourselves not asked uh christian bell where the other drugs are going um now I I have um told Arnold Schwarzenegger to get in the chopper. But that's another story oh, altogether. I've but... not really. I'm not really I'm not that fucking guy. But like I've been in a couple of situations where I've seen some uh like weird celebrities you wouldn't imagine like that you would see. And I must say I uh not nothing in my body uh sees Anyone, like, uh, regardless of their status or what they're up to, uh, you know, ordering juice for their, like, kids and thinks, like, I want to go up and, and ruin this guy's day by asking him for a fucking selfie uh, and then embarrassingly having to take off the Instagram dog filter when I go up and do it with him. Um, like, I... I... It's a weird one because the thing about meeting celebrities in most cases, like they're either going to be chill and kind of cool and kind of disappoint that idea that there's something more than human in your mind, or they're going to disappoint you by being a complete asshole. Yeah. And like, I, like, and, and it's okay because they're human and you've got to respect that and give them space. It's like when you're at the safari part, right? You, you don't, you don't go and drive into a lion just to get close to them. Right. Just as I wouldn't, like, I don't know, like, rap the Fresh Prince theme tune in Will Smith's face. Right. It's, uh, yeah. And it running around the con circuit and knowing, like, handlers who have been, uh, like, who have handled some of the biggest like marvel stars and also you know tv actors like they're they're a handler and that's their job is literally to walk them from place to place get to another place on time and when you're with some of these you know b to a list celebrities or if you're a an a-list tv celebrity like you make a million dollars per episode of your show like those folks throw big parties at conventions and your handlers often get in, like you often invite your handlers because if they're, yeah. if they treat you right, that's what happens. And it's 
one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you just go in and you treat the people the way they fucking deserve to be treated. You don't make them feel fucking uncomfortable because this fucking rando who, who has been walking them through a convention is suddenly like all up in their face. Like, you know, and then, and and then like going to his Thanksgiving dinner and going like, Hey, you know, Oscar Isaac, he has pineapple on his pizza. Weirdo. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. And sorry, I know we just kind of like steamrolled that, but I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Frost, have you ever watched the Ricky Gervais uh, show Extras? I did at one point. Because I feel like, you know, what you were talking about, like, is so, like, that that show is so, like, spot on on what it must be like in my mind. Uh, and it's super funny because, like, you know, the celebrities in it are, are, are so good at, like, taking the piss out of themselves. Uh, like, when you when you were telling me the story of you uh, in the chair and Jonah Hill was cool, uh, mm-hmm. Channing Tatum seems to think people were uh, trying to, like, take his flesh off for, like, some kind of pelt. Uh, it, you know, that show captures that, like, so well. Yeah. Uh, Edit that. It's just me recommending that because, like, <laughs> it sounds like you've been on a few sets. Like, I, I, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts were on that show, but another time. <laughs> oh yeah, I can tell you all the show. I've been on Twenty One Jump Street, American Horror Story, Coven, uh, Empire State, couple commercials. I was in Treme season three. Yeah, got like a decent amount of. Was there? Was you know, and I totally respect if you can't answer this, and you probably can't like at all. But was there ever a set where you were just thinking, like, what the fuck is this? What uh, where everyone was being difficult? There was a diva atmosphere there. A scoop for the Ginger Talks podcast, and a possible uh, killer for, for if any. People were being divas. Um, I and I hate to say it, but like, I mean, the show's already aired, so I can honestly. Our agreements are as long as the show's aired or movies already out in theaters, we can say or post what we want. Um, uh, American Horror Story Coven. I uh, knew it. <laughs> not all. Not all of them. There was a select certain actresses that were divas. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So, like, I was just like I'm watching so the the, the, the so finale ask you about scene. This off <laughs> Uh, The finale scene unfolded in a way um, where it was kind of cool to see something get changed up on the fly last minute, but to see the uh, actress grill the writer on how they wrote it and how she wanted to change it was kind of like, oh shit, you don't see this happen every day on set. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I I, I find that, uh, I, I always find that fascinating when uh, you hear about movies being made, and you hear uh, that, like, say, like Harrison Ford, right, uh, has a, like a say on the Blade Runner sequel, even though he had nothing to do with how the first one was made. And then the gravitas of his position on that first film allows him to make creative decisions on the second. 
Mm-hmm. And you think, and 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 like, I'm not saying that uh, Harrison Ford has bad ideas. I'm sure he doesn't. But like, imagine as an actor, uh, all of a sudden, getting the cojones as someone that isn't a writer, getting the cojones to go to someone that writes for a living, and go, <laughs> I think my character should go another way. This isn't how I feel about it. And I understand that's part of like the collaborative process, but like. Right. I, you know, when you hear about disagreements like that, where it's obviously, I don't know if it's a self-interest thing or, like, whatever goes into the background of that or how they think it should go, that takes some fucking stones, right? Like, yo, I'm going to go over to the writer and tell him how to write. Like, I don't tell my barber how to cut my hair, even when, uh, frankly, done badly, which it has been now. A fact that I think about for days, and I wish that I'd been uh, a bit more American horror story coven about it. Um, but like, oh, I will say I this don't... though: the, the the actor has been in every single American horror story show. I'm pretty well, sure I that know exactly is what you're now. About. <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's out. Oh, I didn't say it. Um, Granted, I don't get me wrong. I, I, I love her as an actress, really do, and I understood where she was kind of coming from with it because seeing the scene unfold, the amount of dialogue um, that was there, mm. and to end the season on that, it actually didn't make any sense to do it that way what? from a viewer perspective. Seeing it happen on set, um, and what we saw actually show at the end of the season was more as simplified. But like, I guess like with that. With TV, I can kind of get it more, and when it's yeah, her, TV, you kind of see, yeah. you see because you have instead of like one person's vision, like you've got a showrunner, and then like you, she's been on the show since the beginning, and then oh, Coven was maybe the second. What was it like the third th- season of that show? Yeah, Coven was third. Yeah, 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 uh, and like she's been there longer than probably the writer or the director of that particular mm-hmm. episode. And you kind of see, okay, so she's been there longer. She's got the, the, the gravitas to kind of go over there and like make that decision. Right. A mm-hmm. bit more than say, if you're on a movie, I, I guess that's a bit more difficult. But then, then again, you hear about these movies where, you know, there's big clashes on sets, and sometimes that makes for a better movie. So I guess everything I've discussed here is tantamount to nothing. The creative process is malleable and completely changeable. Creativity is something we can't pin down, and uh, everything I've said is null and void. So I guess that's getting edited out. Sarah no. Boss. <laughs> it's just it. That's also one of those things like I've seen happen so much because there's a a dude in the local stand-up scene who worked on Neighbors and Neighbors 2 as a writer. And he's in, he's an extra in one of the scenes. They were like, yeah, dude, totally. Like, get get the fuck in there. Just party it up. And um, if you watch Neighbors 2, there's a party scene where there's a dude, uh, a smaller Asian dude who has light-up tennis shoes on. That's, that's this dude that I know. And he comes back home and everybody's just like, oh my God. And I'm just like, hey dude, what's up? How's things been? What you working on? Like, what's, what's going on? What's new with you? What's bringing you back home? Like, I treat him like a normal fucking person. 
But everybody's like up his ass hoping that, you know, they can end up writing for this or doing that. And I'm like, fuck no, man. They tried to sabotage me by putting me on stage before him at an open mic to make me look worse. But I wasn't very good at writing stand up, which is totally fucking fine. But it's like, why? Like, why did we go through all that rigmarole? But why are why is everybody up his ass? about this shit like mm. it, it fucking it, calm calm the fuck down and yeah yeah well uh, it's just it's like you know it's pictures on a screen right it means a lot to you i understand it but it's like the same thing with any, like anything mm. you know there can be there can be some guy out there that has like a, like a an issue with the cashier at your local McDonald's and he's going to like persist on that day after day. People are just, you know, people have got no chill, right? In general. Uh, I pride myself on being a pretty chill guy. I think if I saw, if I saw Tom Cruise walking down the street tomorrow, uh, I would just be like, there's that asshole Tom Cruise, man. Scientology is weird. I'm not going to go up to him. Mm-hmm. They say, "Hey, Maverick, hey, dude, uh, show me the money, Jeremy Maguire." Like, you know, but those people are out there. They just get excited, man. Yeah, and like, it, getting excited and being weird about it, they're are different. <laughs> can I can I just say though, uh, I'm I could meet Ozzy Osbourne tomorrow, one of my musical heroes. Uh, one of my lifestyle heroes, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, show up, fuck you, no. You know, that's what I'm basing my whole persona on now. I can meet him tomorrow and I'll just be like, hey, uh, happy Sunday, dude. See you later. But what I will say, if I meet anyone, and I mean anyone, even slightly involved in the TV show Twin Peaks, <laughs> I lose my shit. Yeah. I've been to, like, I don't do signing events, I don't do like cons or not very interested in you know meeting anyone let alone famous people uh half the time uh but if i meet if i went to the twin peaks convention like four years in a row and i get shit if i see you i'll be like sign my twin Pe-. like i don't know why it is if it's to do with twin peaks uh i'm i'm yours yeah <laughs> So I guess everyone's got their fucking shit right. So uh, Frost, if you could lose your shit over any celebrity, or or if there was any like property or franchise where you would lose that poise, what would it be? Oh shit! <laughs> um. Oh no! I don't know what actor I would lose my shit over because I get I get too nervous in front of them anyway, and I kind of like want to back out anytime. So, yeah, so um, there, there must be one where it's like it would overpower that like sense of anxiety where you go, I, actually, I'm going to approach this person hmm. because it's like that good. That's a really tough fucking question. <laughs> Fuck. Um, if it was okay, so franchise, franchise wise, I would say Star, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, 
because I'm just I, I I've come to the conclusion I am a Star Wars nerd. I've embraced it. <laughs> My community's embraced it at this point too, because they make me dance it out all the time with to the Cantina song. Mm. Um Oh god! But, so, but um, even like what well, Ahmed Best, who played uh, Jar Jar Binks, right? Yeah, talk about that. Well, he fucking, uh, he, <laughs> he's Darth Plagueis. Um, God, who would I lose my shit over? That's a really hard question because I you you don't actually think about it. Yeah, yeah, because we're it's saying like maybe... we're, we're saying we're all cool, right? We're saying we're all cool. We can like talk. Like to... we're cool. It's like because like I can tell you this. Like when I met Robert England and Andrew Devoff, uh, both horror actors. Obviously, one is Freddy Krueger. One's the Wishmaster, the Jin. Mm. Um, I got nervous walking up to both of them. Um, but I, I got the balls and like walked up to him anyway because I'm just like, well, no one's in line. I <laughs> this is gonna look yeah, weird if I just don't move. But, um, <laughs> but right, it's different in a concert and because they expect it. Exactly. So, so personal. So if it was street. someone, I just yeah. Um, fuck, if it was anyone, just because like I seen him in every single goddamn movie. Uh, just to go into the comic book realm, I would say either. Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, like, again, like... Yo, what what would they be like? What would Robert Downey Jr. be like? I feel like... Like, Robert, he's such a silly person, like, because, you know, because going from what his past was to him now, like... He's a very carefree person, and I think he... Because I don't know if you've seen him at, at cons. I feel like that's oh. how he is, yeah. just in uh, general. Uh, I'll, I'll say what uh, the vibe I get from him, and I uh, there's, a, there's a series where Jon Favreau on Netflix like uh, makes food, right? And, mm-hmm. there, and, and there's a bit where... Like Kevin Feige, Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr., and loads of the Marvel guys are like sitting in a restaurant and i uh, the way robert downey jr was talking about movies like hey that's a good movie or like he was so like locked in that i could see him being like just he's so dialed in that it would be like the scariest thing in the world yeah yeah can i, I add one more i want to add an actress oh, oh, to yeah. my list oh yes. Oh, yeah. uh just because i've loved her since her childhood films Scarlett Johansson. I oh, think yes. I would pass oh, yeah. out in front of her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. I remember seeing her in Home Alone 3. Yep. Uh, can, can I just say, when I saw Lost in Translation on VHS when I was 11 years old, changed my oh, life. God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That movie was so good. <laughs> uh, it, it, it changed was the, your life. It, does no, oh. it, it was... It was it was the soundtrack. The soundtrack was so. Oh good. god, the music on that film! Come on. Uh, Kevin Shields uh, from the band My Bloody Valentine, not the movie, mm-hmm. uh, did original <laughs> songs for the first time in ten years on that movie. Uh, I heard his music for the first time, and it changed my life. That movie changed my life uh, purely. Uh, well, partially because of the soundtrack, and partially because it was the first pretentious movie I watched, which has come to form my uh, watching pretentious movies has formed my entire persona up to this point. 
for me, the one celebrity that I would see in the street that would make me lose my shit, Kate Bush. Uh, yep. That doesn't surprise mm. me at all. Mm. <laughs> my, I, uh, I've been asked the question many times, who is your celebrity crush? And I always say, I'm not really attracted to celebrities. I, uh, it doesn't really work for me that way. I, like, I understand that they're good looking, but I'm also like, well... Jennifer Lawrence is a beautiful woman and seems very funny, but I have literally no connection to her, and I think I need like some kind of connection to build that attraction. For whatever reason, uh, Kate Bush in her heyday is the one that breaks on through to the other side for me. I just fucking love her. Hmm. And she's a fucking genius as well. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. I don't know. I love Kate Bush. This is Kate Bush Corner with Drew Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> the hands of love are calling. Heathcliff, it's me, Kathy. I'm home. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Kate, and I know you're listening. Please, uh, our business email is <laughs> not available. <laughs> but, uh, uh, speak to my agent. Uh, I've got the same agent as Channing Tatum. And if <laughs> Kate Bush comes to me with a picture of my face that she's printed at home. I'd find it equally strange, but ultimately pleasing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have. Oh come on, you're you're and, and, Jensen, and, well, no. man. Jenny it's not Jensen. Sad. No, everybody seems to think that I'm a Jensen obsessed. I'm not actually. I. Uh, I do very much appreciate Jensen. I think he's a well-spoken, very attractive, intelligent man, and I'm very jealous of both him and Daniil because they make babies together, and it's beautiful. But uh, they're both just gorgeous. But I think... Yeah, and Jensen, if you're listening, uh, our business email is not available, but (laughs) available on request. But it's... So I actually have Uh, Please call Ginger's agent. Right. I have a... A, a more fond uh, affection for Jared. Um, I wow. it's something a lot of people don't know. Um, is it's actually Jared that I I would like to sit down and have a beer with Jared and talk everything. But I know if that mm. opportunity were to happen, I would just babble like an idiot. But I'm more like traditional celebrities. I'm not. That's not where my, like, duh lies. It's more in the content creator side of things. Right. I'd like to shake Mark's hand, Markiplier's hand, and say, I'm sorry I called you an asshole when we were in high school. Um, I appreciate what you do now. <laughs> mm. Like, I mean, it's it's more of the, the Jacksepticeyes and the Markiplier's. Not so much PewDiePie or any of those guys, but it's... The opportunity that I had to meet Ethan, I gave it up to have a more important conversation with a friend that I know in real life. I gave that up uh, and I'm, I'm at peace with that. Like it may be the last time I ever get a chance to meet Ethan and say, Hey, thanks for jumpstarting my Twitch career. But I don't need to, he doesn't need to know that. Like, I mean, it's, that's different also. Right, but I mean, you know, if you were to do that, it's it's almost like because you have that shared 
thing, right? You mm-hmm. it, you're more on the level with him, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, it it would be more of uh, the the Jacksepticeye, the Markipliers, uh, the Cinnamon Toast Kens, like it just uh, those mm. kinds of folks are more like so not even big level celebrities, like because I see big level celebrities, I shared share elevators when i go to conventions with celebrities and handlers are like hey yeah we're walking over here and i'll meet you afterwards and like oh fuck i'm running late i got and i'm like all right whatever cool and like no just swing by grab my room key and go do the thing and it's like oh look there's a celebrity in front of my face like i mm. most of them i don't have that over but there are some that i'm just like mm, and it's mainly like the mm. celebrity influencers in the space that I'm in, but I still I'm, try not to be like over it, even though I'm, I'm a fucking I'm, weirdo. I'm gonna add Carl McLaughlin to my list. Okay. Uh, Twin Peaks again. Twin Peaks for some reason uh, stars of uh, Twin Peaks. If if you've not watched Twin Peaks uh, and Frost, as a lover of the horror genre or, or things that are slightly off kilter, I'd recommend Twin Peaks. I recommend Twin Peaks for everyone. It's the best uh, TV show of all time, um, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, I was talking about people being armchair experts and critics, and then I would say a statement like that. So the R is not lost on me. And being a big Twin Peaks fan, I would see Colm McLaughlin and say, I loved you in. Uh, the Flintstones movie. <laughs> or Desperate Housewives. Well, so we're, we're already in kind of the vein that uh, we need to be. We've got to start wrapping up here soon. So I, we're going to transition to guest questions. Now, some of these questions are very in the vein of what we got for some guest questions. But I feel like we need to ask Frost, Frost the guest question Uh-oh. that everyone gets asked. And okay. Frost, if you need a minute, let us know. But uh, this question <laughs> comes from one of our patrons, Red the Abnormal, yep. and it's asked to everyone. What... And can I say? Can I say no pressure? But I greatly respect any guest that does not have to get this question clarified to them. But... Right. <laughs> okay, what would be? your mundane superpower if you could have any mundane superpower any mundane superpower hmm ooh that's actually a really good question and that's asked to everyone we ask that of every guest we've all even we've answered it yes a long time ago uh in, in a galaxy ep- far, far away. <laughs> in an episode far, <laughs> far away. Yeah. Uh, shoot. All right. Uh, I guess it's just, it's just it's just like weird, just really weird random superpowers, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, think, think, things that benefit your daily life, not necessarily, like, not really saving lives. Or doing uh, just an oddball one. The ability to change my eye and hair color at will, I think. Because I like variety of that. Alright, yeah. Because I think, Ginger, when you met me, I still had blue hair. 
you it's it's an odd thing i don't know unless i want to be invulnerable to nuclear radiation i don't fucking know no uh but i feel like having control of that would just be kind of fun and silly you're you're saying this to someone mm-hmm. who usually typically has quote unquote fashion colors in her hair and mm-hmm. uh has eyes that actively change colors i okay, don't have what, control wait, over it but it's yeah uh, uh, what I'm was y'all's uh, answers to that <laughs> Uh, what would be y'all oh, the laugh that I was just trying uh, to what is y'all's mundane superpowers right how do I start oh shit do you remember what mine was because I don't even remember now I, I don't think I, uh, mine was so awful right that it it just it was it was like a nuclear Such bomb lies no <laughs> mine was mine was so bad so I had uh my initial one was what the uh, because I don't like housework very much. That I would be able to uh, suck up garbage through my mouth and then it would be disposed of like in a clean way. And then I changed it because there's one thing I hate more than that kind of housework. It's doing the dishes because I do the dishes all the time. So I'd be able to suck up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> saying the word suck up is horrible. Uh, I'll be able to suck up dirty plates and then in my stomach I would have like a photosynthesizing uh, kind of regimen happening where I would shit out clean plates instead of having to wash them by hand. <laughs> so a bit like um, the concept of Luigi's Mansion or Ghostbusters. Where they suck up the ghosts and then they <laughs> shit them out into the east. That was mine. I don't even remember what mine was because I, I, that I was so we fucking need... iconic that like. Well, well I, I, I feel like season two, Ginger. Maybe we need to come up with new ones. Yeah, I guess for me, we're very different people from uh, when we started the podcast. Yeah, I think all those months ago. If I could have a mundane superpower, like, right now, something that it, it, that it would just be, is that anything that I have deemed, I don't need it anymore, I don't want it anymore, it just disappeared. Like, Mm. I'm done with this thing, it is now trash. I let go of it and it's gone. disposed of to the right recycling place it's you know whatever like that's that would be the biggest help for me right now (laughs) so a lot of refuse based uh (laughs) we we just want better trash services like i have boxes of recycling that i haven't been able to fit in my recycling dumpster for about six months and they've been my bedside table for about six months. Mm. And I it's the last of the recycling from that project, but it would never fit in the dump the recycling dumpster because there were already too many big boxes in them. And they're they're boxes that are full of recyclable plastic. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the fuck I'm supposed to do with this. And if they could just be yeah. gone. Oh yeah. If only I could get bitten by a radioactive trash can. Fuck, man. I, 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 I've I got a new one, okay? All right. So, my 
new and improved uh, mundane superpower is that I am now Druid Man, and I've got a cape and everything, uh, just for show. Don't worry, I'm not a hero, because <laughs> only a hero can save us. Oh, my God. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watching us. But um, no, no. Uh, so now my I, I've got psychic powers, and I can choose to do anything I want with them. I don't commit acts of heroism into the world like you would expect. I would because I'm such a such a good-natured uh, guy. But uh, so James Corden, right? Part of my superpower, my psychic superpower, is that I'm able to mentally project myself into any aspect of James Corden's life, <laughs> and any time that he's at a black tie mixer, a big Hollywood black tie mixer, and he picks up a uh, piece of finger food, a seagull appears from the left rafter and flies down and takes it from his hand. <laughs> and he looks down at his hands and he goes, what, what happened? And that's my, that's my new power. Eat so every me. time... Equally as strange, but somehow still so fitting. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and, and like, and he's the only. And like, I, I see him do all kinds of un, unspeakable things, and I choose not to intervene. But every time he's at a black tie event and picks picks up like a bellini or something, a seagull appears only from the left rafter, and it like makes like ah ah, ah and like comes down and takes it from his like cold fucking lifeless fingers. And he's like, what? Oh my god, wow. And that's it. That's my new power. Oh my god. It's morph it's morphing time. God damn it. Well I think I think uh that's that's where we're gonna have to Was that the oh only question god. you had? No we have no, no. I had like We have more. Ten, but, no. <laughs> but I know okay, you. Okay, you can ask me a few more. I don't think that would be okay. fair to only give me that one random one and then leave it at that. Okay, so we have. If you had people submit questions, we need to answer them. Okay, well, let me grab. I'll grab one from because uh, some some of them submitted multiple questions. So let me grab one. We'll grab one from Toaster, okay. and we'll grab one from oh Andy, my god Toaster sent one. To, oh, he sent in four. Mm. Um. Oh my gosh. Yeah, make them juicy. And so I think this one is something we haven't really touched on. Um, Toasty asks, what is your de-stressing playlist? And I'm assuming he means music. Ooh, my de-stressing playlist? Mm -hmm. As random as it is, I listen to trailer music. Like epic trailer music playlists on Spotify. Oh, like oh that's, that's something for me to decompress to. It's so random. So hmm. instead of listening to like death metal and... Anything that has lyrics to it, I just listen to just instrumental trailer music. Huh. It's all it's an oddball thing, but I use that to decompress while I'm also working out. So it's a weird thing, but that that that's what works for me. Often trailer music stresses me out because uh, really, is it because well, like, the suspenseful buildup with the? No, <laughs> no well, I'm uh, like imagining it's like a comedy movie, and then every time you hear the sound of a vinyl record needle being <laughs> scratched, <laughs> 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 
No, yeah, no, none of the ones that I have on my playlist have uh, anything like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you've not got Smash Mouth on there. It's like Han, Han Zimmer. Oh, yeah, it's a vast variety of music on there. Very epic. Okay. Yeah. Yep, and- very epic. It's stuff that's so- produced by people who just post it up on YouTube, or it's actual music that's produced by a composer. It's a wide array of stuff. So, like, really, you need to get into a relationship with the, like, trailer voice guy? Possibly. I mean, because, I might he, need to go meet this man. I mean, because, you know? Because, because, like, he's always focusing on, on the woman's needs, and that's made, like, abundantly clear every time there's a new Independence Day, and he goes, coming this summer. <laughs> Right. Yes, indeed. You're yes, like, indeed. Hey, like, that's me. Luck- luckily, the, when I listen to trailer music, the the trailer voice man's voice is not dubbed in there, <laughs> or else it would not be calming for me <laughs> at all. <laughs> I I thought you. It said, would be intense. I thought you said you were gonna call me back. God damn it! <laughs> if that was to randomly show up mm. while I'm listening to Spotify, mm. I'm gonna freak the fuck out. Mm. I'm gonna get a message. You... God damn it! God damn it, Ginger! <laughs> yep. What did you get me into? You left the five 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 number. That's not a real number. <laughs> oh, I love that. Somehow, that's so fitting. I, that feels so fitting for you. <laughs> It, it also sounds kind of stressful, like to you know, <laughs> every day is like a, a trailer reveal. Yeah, I, I feel like my whole life is a fucking movie, so I find the music that fits it very well when I listen to those playlists. <laughs> I have one for every scenario of life now, basically. Hey. It works. If yeah. I'm pissed off, I got a playlist for that of trailer music. If I'm mellow, I got one for that. I'd, like if if my life's a movie, can someone tell like fucking Judd Apatow to fuck off and give me some Michael Bay? <laughs> <laughs> give me some action. Pick things <laughs> up, my yeah, God, uh, yeah. I'm like, stop with this, like fucking sallow. Uh, White guy approaching his thirties, feeling sorry for himself. Shit, and give me some like, fucking boobs and big robots. Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're not the only ones out there building boners. Oh shit! Michael, Michael oh, Bay's got to kill it. He went there. Oh no, no, no! Not that penis. Don't worry, Ginger. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ginger, what's your uh, de-stress playlist? It depends on what's stressing me out. If I'm really like in my feels or I'm just like having a head trash day, I will listen to fucking moody, depressing music or like, like Mm. sad, angry music. But then if I'm just like pissed off and I'm like, nope, it's time to fucking disrespect my surroundings. Let's fucking go. Like, then I'm just like death metal punk fucking just, fucking raging like i don't and it it's funny because like recently i've been dipping more into like the a little bit more of the the sombery stuff but then it fucking that switch flips and it's like cool uh we're gonna just 
fucking move everything uh, tippable and breakable out of my room. And I'm just going to have a one-man circle pit. It's, it's going to be great. And <laughs> by the time I'm done, I feel better. Yeah, yeah what's what's your de-stressing? You're like, let the bodies hit the floor. Actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. I was driving uh, the week after the passing of a friend. And some song came on that just, like, hit, like, proverbial punch to the dick, just, like, scream crying while I'm driving down the interstate. And... Oh, my God. I reached over, and I hit the next button, uh, like, to, to change the song. And it was instantly just, like, a fucking double bass pedal, just... And I was like, all right, cool. Yes, this is what I need in this exact moment. I feel better now. Like. Catharsis, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. It, uh, it was just one of those things that I, that I needed. And I, that's just, that's how I end up. Uh, my musical taste yeah. is just so wide. It's a problem. <laughs> What about you, Druid? I mean, where to begin? What kind of uh, stress am I... Uh, and I'll throw this to Frost as the guest. What kind of stress am I experiencing in the moment that I <laughs> like, look for the playlist? Give me a scenario. So my current um hello <laughs> yes uh, give give me a scenario i like i've got very i've got so many layers of stress in my life like give me a scenario like uh, like a stress level that i need to like combat and that, like i'll give you i'll give you your answer or ginger <laughs> hmm. Yeah, sorry, I, I, no, I my need, audio I, had cut out for a second, so oh, I didn't hear anything. Oh, right, right, right. Right, sorry. Yeah, so I, I basically need a scenario. Like, I can't just give this answer, like, straight up. So, Frost, um, give me, like, like, give me a stressful situation that I need to find my way out of, and I'll give you the playlist. Uh, when the company's owners or corporate are just being utter assholes and they don't understand your workflow and how you work on projects. I mean, uh, how, do you deal, how do you deal with overworked micromanaging of people? That well, I'll, I'll, I'll have, you know, Frost, it's a, it's a burden I deal with all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll start out with uh, green days, American idiot, just to tell them what, what time it is. Uh, with a green backdrop. Uh, Billy Joe was so angry on that. <laughs> what am I saying? No. Uh, I listen to smooth jazz. When I'm feeling stressed. When I'm feeling lonely. I listen to... Uh, anything with a saxophone, really. Because I think saxophones are a very sexual instrument. And I'm not saying that I need to be put into like a sexual place. Uh, to de-stress. Quite the opposite. I just need to... Remember the sensuality of being that comes with feeling uh, at one with yourself. And the saxophone does that for me. The way it lilts, uh, 
the way it, it dances like a ballet. Uh, did I say ballet like that? Ballet across uh, the musical stave ignites a fire and a passion in me that is unbridled. And uh, to capitalise on that passion from that by reading uh, 18th century French poetry, that is the only way that I really... And with a menthol, uh, a menthol mint under my pillow, not to eat, but just to know it's there. And that's my de-stress regimen playlist. You've heard it from the source. Uh, It's not George Michael. It's not Careless Whisper. But it's something like that. It's something we can't define. Uh, Maybe Steely Dan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Either that or... uh, I don't know. Fucking hell. I feel like I need to come up with like some crazy like death metal answer, like cannibal corpse now to like deal with what you've both said. Both very intense ways to de-stress. I, mean, uh, I like I like stuff with like a lot of echo that makes it sound like it was recorded in uh like a nuclear like an abandoned nuclear power plant or something. So anything that sounds like it it was created in a crater, I think that's it. Or or saxophone i feel like i've taught i feel so awkward right now the way i'm speaking i'm just gonna stop okay i'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. no it's... i feel like I've, I've shown so much of myself in that, <laughs> in that and... not really though i don't it, it was like a joke but then i'm like i've worded it in such a strange way that i feel really odd <laughs> <laughs> well then Let's move. Do you want to move to our last guest question then to just <laughs> fully al- alleviate you of uh, that that feeling? Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm coming back, but yes. Okay. So last one. It's a hybrid between Xenos and Real Andy DeSeal, uh, and it has to do uh, with something completely different. Uh, Wendy's French fries and a frosty? Yes or double yes? Do, do uh, you, no, no, no. Are you not a sweet and salty? I do, but not, not, not a Wendy's frosty and fries. Okay. <laughs> I, I, am I, a... I prefer waffle fries over Wendy's fries. Facts, though. So I would, if I had to choose my own, I would go with like a uh, Chick Fil A milkshake and their waffle fries. Okay. Uh, don't agree with waffle fries because I feel like <gasps> it's, a bit, it's a bit too much like um, like a prison cell for a potato. <laughs> but okay, yeah, go for it. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it, it's the uh, it's the the sweet and salty. And like, so I do, we have a, a local chain here called Bebops and they do sort of like shoestring fries, kind of like uh, McDonald's, mm-hmm. but the oil that they fry them in is a little bit different. And so they're really crispy while still being soft on the inside. And see, I want to try that. And, and they've got uh, chocolate shakes that are more like a frosty and less like a McDonald's chocolate shake. Um, 
And I, when I'm the same time that I'm listening to the super emotional playlist, uh, to get all up in my feels, I'm usually eating a, a Bebop's, uh, large fry and a chocolate shake and some chicky nuggies. And that's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just, uh, and that's, uh, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, a frosty or a, like a fries and in the shake kind of person. And then imagining that to the soundtrack of Drowning Pool really, uh, <laughs> it's like Da Vinci painted it. I mean, do you expect anything else from me though? <laughs> mm, uh, a rich, uh, a rich canvas. But can I just say what a missed opportunity when it's called Bebops that uh, in the breakfast menu they should do the Spike Bagel instead of the Spice Bagel. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love that reference. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> but I... Uh, I don't know. We don't have Wendy's. Uh, I don't know what a Frosty is. Oh. It's basically a, a chocolate milkshake. Right. Well, I'm not putting I'm not putting a potato in that. Uh, or maybe I would. I don't, I don't know how to approach this question without like offending anyone. <laughs> so I'm just going to stop. I, I, I I will say this though. I don't dip my fries in my milkshakes. Yeah, because I'm guessing that's like what the question's going for, mm -hmm. right? I think it's that's what they're trying to go for. I personally have not really done it because okay. usually the shakes i get are like strawberry or cookies and cream so that's an interesting combination on a fry yeah, <laughs> yeah I can i'll try it, it. Yeah. i'll try it i'll try it with a vanilla milkshake the or a regular chocolate one but yeah never, never tried it that way well, it was it's a phenomenon like putting fries in milkshakes. Uh, I'd never actually heard of it until maybe somewhere around the pandemic when like McDonald's started doing this ad campaign here where they said, like, do you put your fries in your milkshake? And I couldn't believe it. Because that just it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh it's... I mean, I, I don't it was I have nothing. Uh, it was something we did as kids and now as an adult, like I don't, I don't get milkshakes hardly ever. I've had maybe three Bebop's milkshakes in the last year and a half. Like I don't, I, I don't yeah. get milkshakes. I bought two pints of ice cream for the first time in literal years. And so, since I was married, which has been at least four years. Like I bought ice cream for the first time in a long ass time. I just, I don't fucking, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't do it. Well, like, so happy for you, by the way, that you, <laughs> you were able to buy ice cream again. It, was, wow, it, it just sounds so happy that you were able to do that. I mean, I don't, it's, it, I just don't want it. I don't crave it. 
like, I've got a friend who has an ice cream shop and I'll go in and get like a scoop to support him. But I don't, I'm not like, hey, what's the new flavor this week, Alex? Can I get a scoop of that in the other new flavor? Like, I don't, no, I don't want ice cream that yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, like, like some kind of, some kind of badass reporter, you're like, the only scoop I'm looking for is the news. God and then like, damn. Alex is just there as you like forlornly uh, throw away his like lemon sorbet. On the floor outside. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, take that asshole. Oh. So yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah. I wonder if it's. I don't know because everybody that I know who does it, it's very much a like a, a Midwest kind of thing. And so I don't oh, really. Yeah, like so. Wendy's was founded in I want to say it was Dublin, Ohio, and. So, I mean, that's that's Midwest. Uh, Culver's is a Midwest thing. Bebop's is a Midwest thing. Like, and those are your, you know, big ice cream and, or like milkshake and, and French fry nonsense. Yeah, so they, they're like, you know, they don't have like access to the wider world, small town. Yeah. Let's put it in, see what happens. Yeah. Strawberry fries. Uh, I'm Ugh. a ketchup guy, man. I'm so basic. I like I'll put the fries in ketchup. I I don't even eat french fries all that often either. Mm, okay. So I don't know. But <laughs> all that being so, said, so, so so sorry guys, that was really disappointing for both of you. That's um, it. <laughs> Andy will revolt <laughs> to us privately and it'll be fine. Uh. <laughs> was there was there another final was there another question there are a few um who is a historical figure that you think you could take in a fight and why well, that is a good one and, yeah and i think we'll we'll call that second. the final one yeah <laughs> give me a second i think about that one what historical figure could i oh hmm. <laughs> huh. I, like i was just waiting for someone to just like come out with one straight away like they've been like thinking about it through the through the I ages. honestly have not thought about this. Uh, yeah, sure. Wow. Uh, Ginger Druid, feel free to step in first. I'm trying to. Th- I'm. Who in the hell would I pick? Napoleon. I just knock him down and sit on him. Uh, He's tiny. Uh, I was. Oh, you, you're such a wow, fucker. That was a good I, one. Such a fucker. I was going to say Napoleon. Now I can't. Um, he just looks like he. He, he'd be a pushover. And you look like you could just walk over and just go boop and just push him over. No, uh, he, he looks like 18th century uh, Danny DeVito penguin cosplay. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. Also, you picked like the shortest person you could. No, that would. No, not the shortest. What? But uh, no, fuck Napoleon. I don't know. I, I'm. I've had. <laughs> I've had very few hot takes this this episode, so I feel like I need to get like one in there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure our French listeners are, are really upset. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Fuck, fuck Napoleon. He heard it first. Um, his his conquest of Europe ends now. Yep. Uh, or, or you, uh, Napoleon uh, apologists out there, and we know you're listening. You fucking <laughs> in your little hat, in your little hats. 
Sorry. Put your hands in your breast pocket. Sacre bleu. Such Ginger. a fucking Can hot I... take for no fucking reason. Like, fuck. You, you, you know, you, like, I believe it now because you did not have to say fuck Napoleon. Dude, I don't know what the fuck my problem is. What you know, you know the the Duke of Wellington like iced that fucker years ago, right? <laughs> you like still holding the grudge, like you won't wait till he's in the seventh level of hell. He's not like deep enough. <laughs> what the fuck is that, Napoleon? Just... Your time is done. I don't fucking know, Frost. Can you, so, can you distract so from fucking, this? That is so fucking um, dark. I'm I'm gonna go super super out of left field. Um. I think I would probably pick like an Egyptian pharaoh. I Ooh. feel like that would be a fun little challenge. Yeah, well, I'm really interested in hearing how you're gonna fucking pick one. No out. fucking clue. <laughs> I just thought about yeah, that because like, like, I've been into like ancient Egyptian stuff lately, and I'm thinking like, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. that question was asked, I'm like, fuck, what historical figure? Yeah, I was like, I've, uh, really, yeah, I've really got. I was like, you know what? My... I... Just any pharaoh. I, I've got a just real any bu- pharaoh. Or real... or like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I've really got <laughs> bug, up, bug up my ass about uh, Ptolemy the second. Oh shit! Oh. Any any pharaoh you've got? What? So you've said Ramses, Alexander the Great. Yeah, the sun god or something. Yeah. Um, but I don't fucking know. I can't <laughs> yeah. think of like any. Look at you, so sad. The sun god or some shit. He ain't nothing. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, fucking hold, the, hold, hold these on girls, me. hold these guys back, like, like sun god or something like that means anything. <laughs> I told you it was completely out of fucking left field, dude. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I well, mean, yeah. fucking I'm gonna... go big or go home, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. She's gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna it. go with Napoleon. I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm taller than Napoleon as well. But I mean, like, I mean, no offense, but Ginger, I think had the best fucking answer to that question. Uh, 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 well, you're going to Ramses the second and beating him over the head with his own stone tablet. You're like, fucking come at me, bitch! <laughs> like you're, you're fucking taking your earrings out. Ginger's there. She's fucking kicking Napoleon on the floor. <laughs> Didn't she say you sit on him too? Yeah. Well, I mean, after yeah. he's dead, after he's dead, just to prove, <laughs> just to prove your dominion. I'm such a fucking asshole. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck to say. You two are fucking sick, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander the Great and Napoleon. <laughs> Didn't realise I was here with a couple of warlords. I was going to say. <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, I can't wait, to, can't wait to see you both plan your conquest. I mean. Like, Ginger's sending two boats up to the south of France. She's sending it to Nice. Um. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Frost has got like a couple of battleships going up to Giza to take down Ramses the second <laughs> for the second time. Ironically, God damn it! I mean, who am I even meant to fucking say now? Use the Mortal Kombat sound effect <laughs> round one. Right? Uh, get over here! This is like Sacrebleu. I'm Napoleon. Napoleon's older than the the fucking snares, man. The SNES. Fuck. Uh, what, what? What the <laughs> fuck am I meant to say now? I don't know. I, I I had it in my head. I was gonna. Oh well. First, I, I was gonna say Napoleon. Then you said it. And I was like, kick him while he's down. I can't say that now because he's been fucking bodied. 
mean, here's the uh, thing. Neither one of you guys have seen me in person. I am not a woman of a small stature. I was on the defensive line of the high school football team. <laughs> like, oh, oh, so you can take, oh, so I can take him down like he's nothing. So he's, that's, <laughs> that, I, that's it. Like, it it's gone. one of those well, things damn. where it's just like, I'm... I am rather large. Uh, my legs are rather muscular. I'm I I I'm really good at knocking people down if I try. I feel like Napoleon would be like, a good <laughs> an easy one well, to do. Well, he's not bowling pin. <laughs> For the sake, he's a human being. I visited his I visited his tomb. Fuck. And we... then only only to hear on a, a long form chat podcast that you would just spit on that grave not that i agree with his policies but fucking hell uh what am i meant to say what can i po- what can i possibly say to that ramsey's the second uh fucking hate me sometimes oh my god oh my god I, 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 don't, I can't even think of any historical figure outside of those two. Like, were there people before Napoleon? Yeah. The surest, the surest the were people after when Ginger was done with him. The pharaohs. Like, what? What meant to go for? When I, like, what? Julius Caesar? No. Uh. Oh fuck. You two have made this like this is like the impossible task, right? Uh, oh God, you know, fuck it, man. Uh, call back. I'm going for Richard Simmons. Oh my oh. God, <laughs> I'm going for Richard Simmons. Like, fuck you. You'll see uh, his leg warmers <laughs> in hell. Hot damn. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking him down. Sorry. Uh, stop trying to make me work out uh, uh, without donating like a few hundred bits. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Simmons, I'm coming for your relentless uh, optimism. Uh, once I've done my quad exercises, I can try and fight off the inevitable um, conquest of Ginger and Frost as they take down two of the biggest fucking um, tyrants of history. I mean, unbelievable. We're obviously women who uh, who have a drive for bigger things. <laughs> yeah, what Ramsey's a second? You're, you're building the pyramid different. <laughs> Fuck. Like I just like. Oh no! Like, uh, well, <laughs> it's funny because like, I've got the noise gate on, and like I can just hear. It sounds like uh, you're you're both laughing in dial-up. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, but, like, fucking Napoleon and Ramsey's the second. <sighs> Richard Simmons. That's such a bad answer. I mean, I, I mean, I'll kill, I mean, sorry, I'll kill Hitler. I was gonna say my second choice was fucking Hitler, so <laughs> yeah, he'd probably enjoy it. Eh, probably. <laughs> mm. oh. Shave off, shave off the rest of his mustache. Andy, I hope that question was worth it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and please write in and tell us which historical figure you'll conquer. Yeah, tell us yours. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll be Queen Bodicea of the uh of the fucking Anglo Saxons. 
Uh, maybe it'll be Genghis Khan. Fuck it, have a pop. It's like fucking punch out out here. I mean, Genghis Khan would be an interesting battle, though. That would be an interesting <laughs> fight. I'm just saying. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just here. Like what? What? You know, you're you're like oh, I I want to watch. I want to. Like, I feel like you've took down Napoleon. Now you just want to see what Genghis Khan's made of, so you can fucking take him out next. Listen. There is a part of me that used to actually fight. So it's like I've I've considered taking up boxing. So like yeah. there's there's part of me that's just like, no, I'd be interested to see the tactics. Plus I'm a yeah. giant fucking weirdo. So <laughs> if it wasn't right. evident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, a giant fucking weirdo and the ability the ability to take someone out in hand to hand combat always go well together. I it's mean... a marriage made in heaven. It's like TikTok and SSRIs. I make up for it by raising lots of money for charity, okay? Yeah. So, we're going to fucking... I'm still not not over it. (laughs) While Druid tries to collect himself, Frost, thank you for being here. I hope that it was at least a little bit enjoyable for you. It was. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, and ha- ha- happy Bastille Day. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to promote? Uh, check me out on Twitch every Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday at 6 p.m. Central. And you has a, a YouTube channel and a TikTok. I do has a YouTube channel and a TikTok that barely gets used, but uh, it's Frostloop all across the board on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Perfect. Well, Frost, thank you so much. I'm so glad that this finally happened. I didn't know what would happen. I know. <laughs> and well, now we found out, of... didn't we? Yeah. I'm we, kind of wondering really, if it... we're really fucking bottomed out at the end. So uh, <laughs> thank you for saying that. Listen, it's it's fine. Uh, if nothing is ever pure chaos, then what is life? Facts. Mm. And and uh, don't don't take too much attention to those links because she's changing her fucking name to Cleopatra, Queen of the fucking desert. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much, and thank you, as always, to our wonderful patrons, uh, Scott Shass, ADHD Toaster, Red, and Lava Monster. We appreciate you guys so much uh, for your support, help keeping us running. Make sure you guys check out the website, the YouTube, the Patreon, all the places, all the things, all the stuff, and make sure you go show Frost some love, because Frost is an amazing creator, and I'm so happy that we finally got her on the pod. So, And stay tuned for me and Ginger making boners on streams very soon. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and uh, thanks for listening.